Hello and welcome back to the Dad and Sons podcast. We are down a dad, or a son, or a daughter or mother, depending on how you reference Matt Visual, your own family <laughs> household. Um, but don't worry, we brought back up. As again, we don't come unprepared. We got a man in Canada, on location, bringing us the hottest takes and uh, talking about his non-photoshopped muscular body. Oh my lord. We're bringing <laughs> this conversation right in immediately. Man in the can. Oh my god. I, like, again, I, I don't know... Well, actually, I did find out where people were getting that picture, but we'll get into that. You later, must have taken that photo for sure, but of course, oh, I, I took it for I took it for a joke thumbnail, and then I uploaded the PNG because I would have had to ah. crop it out for the thumbnail to Twitter as a joke, and that's when I had like a thousand followers forever ago, um, <laughs> and it got maybe twenty likes, and now people keep finding it. Like I was on John Cartwright's thing, and he made that the thumbnail, and I don't know where he got that or found that, and it keeps popping up, and now I guess it's just I deleted the original tweet, so now I guess it just exists on enough people's hearts drives that it gets shared around in discord it's iconic <laughs> yeah it's it's like the george uh the fedora picture of george or the There's george falling off the, of george? off the bed oh the one that um, was uh your old picture on the uh podcast yeah yeah no so yeah. long as it's it's, it's a very good it's, picture it's memeable this stuff just sticks around forever and i mean i don't i I don't make the rules and everything, but it seems <laughs> it seems like there is more to be gained than lost if you uh, you know just roll along with the jokes. Yeah, yeah I mean at this point I'm not surprised considering how many shit posts about this podcast we get, like how many memes yeah. come out of this podcast that you and your massive following now, Nitro Rad, for anybody who didn't do recognize that voice. Do I have a, do I have a massive following? I thought my following was like around the same size as George's. I think you've eclipsed me in recent year. <laughs> Really? You, have, really? you have become the dad. What? I've, you have become no. dad. I've, Son has no. become dad. I. How did I? How did that I, happen? How did people let that happen? I. 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 It was. It was a bad year. Okay. <laughs> it was a bad year for a lot of us. But uh, yeah. No. Uh, uh, welcome. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast again, Nitro Rad. Welcome. Thank you for applying well, you can, to. You our, can call me. D you can tell me I, James. James. Yeah. Uh, I have yeah, James. I have Nitro Red as your surname here on the outline, so I'm gonna say oh, I'm gonna say God. James Nitro Red. <laughs> That's what people you know, like call Matt me. Visual. I've had, um, I've had God, yeah, I've had so many uh, emails start with Dear Mister. <laughs> yes, it's not, it's not my name. I never really got the whole usernames thing. To That's me, great. It's like, your name is 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 Jonathan. I'm not gonna call you Family Guy Masterson. <laughs> it like... it's always just seems so absurd to me that I can't take it seriously. But you've given yourself the power to be named Mr. Rat. It's like Max Power. It's like that episode <laughs> of The Simpsons where Homer changes his name, right? You have Oh yeah. You now have the power of being Rad, and no one would question it. Because if you just wanted to be referred to as James Rad, people would believe you. And the name is Rad. And, and, James and, Rad. and think of the, the subtlety of the confidence boost. Like, if you know in the back of your head that you're Rad, <laughs> no matter how hard you try not to be. Like, like think of how much easier job interviews are going to be. Know. And, like, mm, like talking mm. to the girl I in the think... checkout line. and. I, I don't know. I think uh, job interviews are a lot easier when I, like, knew I wasn't doing a wacky YouTube <laughs> caricature and I was just trying to be a professional. So tell me, but, uh, Mr. Rad. Now, now there's this... <laughs> I don't know. I always, I always, I don't know. I always saw. I don't. I, I wish I didn't pick such a dumb username because I always felt my videos are more geared towards like, 
trying to analyze mechanics and yeah. figure that out and like it's it's not just like wacky goofy jokey stuff i don't really consider myself a comedian or a funny guy yeah i can, about, like, I can understand that. yeah you can i have like nitro rad is my username but and it you doesn't gotta go admit together that's still pretty like for the internet that's still pretty like Okay. Right. When, when one of the problems with the internet is that your old identity doesn't really go away at the same speed it does in nor real normal life in meat space. Yeah. So me coming up with Super Bunny Hop, seven going on eight years ago, is something that I may have had other thoughts on in those past seven, eight years <laughs> yeah. since. But because of the way the economy is set up and your brand is permanently associated with whatever makes your big break, and because the name's less ambiguous than a cool-sounding celebrity name that can go from different personalities. Like, like yeah. someone like Keanu Reeves has gone from silly teenager stoner comedies to looking like a badass in action movies. And I wonder if YouTubers, hmm. I guess Joji kind of has, I wonder how many more YouTubers yeah, are going <laughs> to be able to transition their personality and their brands like that when it seems a little harder set in stone. Yeah, because you see people like um, Nostalgia Critic that just oh, cannot escape. Oh, God, like, yeah, that is a nightmare of mine. Become, like, I, yeah. I do roll around. You, 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 do you get that, uh, James Nitro Rad? The, the what am I going to do in 10 years when I'm still the identity oh, I was yes, in, a, I... in a younger version of myself? I think about that all the time. I think about, is this a real job? Is this going anywhere? Will this still exist? It's terrifying. I have I no love, idea what my future's going to be. I do love I've the idea of life. you, like, going for a job interview, and not only them, like, hello, uh, Mr. Rad, uh, you know, uh, that referencing. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then they're like, um, so we got your application form, and we have this uh, JPEG of you half naked. <laughs> Oh my god, PNG. Uh, oh, yeah, PNG high resolution. Come on. Yeah, quality, I must Lossless. admit, sir, in the past 10 years, uh, it's been. That the picture quality was taken on GH3. Like, that, that's a high res picture. <laughs> There's a high. See, Mario has no nipples, uh, but you do. Um, no mystery. So, no mystery there. No mystery. No mystery was, there. Uh, They're high, a, high res. a poetic nipples. statement being the uh, the platformer man and you know mm. i think there's just not enough rep nipple representation in, do you in think, a platformer do you so think i had to rayman put myself out there has nipples i don't think rayman has anything <laughs> that you're not looking at when you look he's at he's naked him. Uh, really that that that, no, uh, that I think one advertisement what I'm looking at when i look at rayman and nothing <laughs> like, like, more. i don't think about the bits like underneath. he comes <laughs> out of the womb with the hoodie and the sneakers on like like when <laughs> rayman has a baby the they're was, already no, he cool was, rayman was conjured by magic <laughs> He's a magical being. He's a fairy. They like some big fairy. Wait, wait, like, wait, wait, wait. There isn't, now. isn't there that Rayman advert though for like Rayman Three or something where he's like standing next to a oh, urinal God, yeah. and like yeah. a guy and I can't remember what, exactly what. Yeah, the, how does that work? It this. says, oh, what it said. It said um, oh, it, something it, something big features. Yeah, and it implying that his dick is huge. Yeah, the other guys. That was the insinuation, like, oh, right? It was like yeah. Oh, no but arms, just, no arms, no legs. No legs. Huge features. features. <laughs> Huge features. That's what it was. But what's oh what's really God. weird is if anybody's looking at it right now, right? I don't know if you guys can see, but his, for where his, let's say, you know, uh, well-endowed part should be, uh, oh he's God. not actually reaching the urinal, so he would be peeing all over the floor. Out of the circle. It comes out of the circle in the middle so of the So he shirt. has like a Tommy Wiseau belly it. button dick. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, like, Wait, he's not up Tommy to the top. Wa 
Tommy Wiseau belly what you, you know in the room when they were filming the sex scenes in the room for some reason oh. <laughs> Tommy Wiseau didn't oh, get all the okay, way down yes. to like pelvis yes. to pelvis level yes yeah I yeah, I mean. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was I for some reason I was convinced that for a few seconds there that Tommy Wiseau just had a penis coming out of the wrong well, part well of we also deduce that it comes out of the circle so it might not be a penis Raymond could have like a cloaca or something like an innie rather than an outie, if you will. So is this what you guys invited me on this podcast? To talk no, about? actually, I wanted to ask you about quantum physics. Oh, oh God, we talked about I aliens so last week. Jesus that. Christ. Yeah, George is like, hey, what are your topics? I'm like, I don't know. I, I'm getting into quantum physics this year. I don't know anything about quantum physics. I've just watched You just videos. said you were getting um, into quantum physics this year. How, how does that happen? I'm I am getting into it. What? I don't know about it. Why? Okay. How? Um, we talked about so, aliens last week. What is going on? Um, Outer Wilds is what. Yeah. Uh, okay. okay. Hell now I, yeah. I, I figured. I figured you two play. George, I think you made a video about that a while ago. So I know you played it, Liam. I'd... Where where I put on the Carl Sagan costume and and yeah, to make a bowl yeah. of noodles, you must first invent the universe. <laughs> No, that was that was a really good bit. I like that. And Liam, I think I saw you mention it on Twitter. Or I no, did. I think I think I think I saw Matt. That's why I say it somehow on Twitter. <laughs> I did play. But either it. way, <laughs> yes, um, that is probably one of my favorite video yes. games. Yes, yes, hell it yeah, might be my favorite. Game. I'm. I'm. Like, there is nothing that does what that. Thing I'm does. so glad it's this and not like. Well, I'm going to college and thinking of changing from a YouTuber to a quantum engineer. <laughs> but no, it's <laughs> Outer Wilds. I'm interested in it. So, um, yeah, what it was is it's just like, you know, all those areas that are quantum. And every time you look away mm -hmm. and you look back, it's just a different version you, of that. You blink reality, through different if, universes. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, different <laughs> because they're entangled or whatever. Mm. And the way Outer Wilds does all of its pseudoscience, it's just like everything is just balancing on almost being from reality that you just want to look into those real concepts so my friend and me were talking about like entanglement we're like that's a real thing isn't it how does that happen and i literally only know like the quantum what that was because of ant-man uh so i kind of decided to look a little bit more. oh like, the kids be, today yeah there's got to be more into it than just the the funny small <laughs> universe that makes them go fight Thanos, oh look so. ant-man goes small <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I've been watching like a lot of Kurtzka's art this past year with my girlfriend because we just both like science videos, and those just seem to be the most uh, comprehensible ones. We they can give find. me like and... constant anxiety about the end of the world. Oh yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, well, the end of oh, I care. It's a lot less about the end that, of the world, that, more about the end of everything. That, but that means their art. Yeah, <laughs> but, well, but um, yeah. But... <laughs> But yeah, quantum physics. Uh, so yeah, it was just like the idea that entanglement's a real thing. What does that mean? So it's just me looking at a bunch of videos and then I just don't understand any of it because I don't understand the basics of quantum physics. And then I find myself on Wikipedia every night for an hour before I go to bed trying to understand this stuff. So I don't really get it entirely. I know there's like, uh, I know about the... Um, it's like the periodic table, but for stuff smaller than atoms. What is it called? The, um, the, the standard model. I didn't know that was a thing until this past year, and I've been learning about the standard model. I know there's like um, atoms are made out of like quarks, and what defines a quark is its spin or something like that. And like, I don't know. I, I, I'm sounding like a <laughs> moron, I'm sure, trying to explain it. It makes sense in my brain, but I couldn't put it into words yet. Dude. But it's just, yeah, Dude. it's just the idea that um, these little uh, pseudoscience concepts in a game 
balancing on reality, and I was just like, I want to learn more about I, that. I, so that's what I've been doing. <laughs> I have a feeling that in 10 to 15 years, the the Zoomers are going to have quantum physics at some point incorporated in their public education, and they're going to be running circles around us when they go back and listen to oh, this stuff. Yeah. We're going to sound like such idiots the more and <laughs> more common knowledge that, that becomes. to, like, boomers, you know, when technology kicked off there's always something right like that the next yeah. generation is ahead of and seems like they're like this new yeah well, like wonder for kids us, it's uh for us we know how to plug the xbox into the tv for zoomers they're gonna know how to do quantum physics and and i absolutely feel like one of the hugest cultural differences between zoomers and the later generations is how they were taught history as kids in school like like from was that different than how we yeah were... yeah it was a lot more nationalistic a lot less slavery you know if you're in canada a lot less first nations um a lot of the things that might oh, sound yes. bad yeah. about the country that's given you the education yeah. is something that was not in their curriculum four or five yeah. decades ago that wasn't ours and i hear that's such a thing in the u.s i've, I've totally. had a friend tell me that the the map the world map they grew up with had america in the center and that was so strange to me I could I could visualize it. I I don't remember that. I always remember America being kind of left. But when you use yeah. the Mercator projection, problem. you're always using a bigger version than it is on the globe. So there's yeah. some political distortion there anyway. But yeah, no, like yeah, that's the standard. Atlas, like, like over right? the decades, that shit does turn into a completely different worldview. Yeah, that like like has created a lot of a lot of the the tension between the voting demographics now to the transcendence of like actually different worldviews in terms of the, the social media bubbles people live in and the different versions of reality they want to believe. Yeah, um, yeah. quantum physics and Outer Wilds. <laughs> Outer Wilds is so good at that. Wouldn't this Discord room be a, an entanglement of our bodies? Because is it... So from my understanding of quantum entanglement, from a very limited knowledge, is that it is essentially just the quantum state of something isn't independent. Like it's yeah, well, it, it can be linked in... to something across the universe, I, and there they would be the opposite states or something like that. I think but... high-speed internet is a technology that came about because of understandings in quantum physics. So actually, you might be literally correct. Like whatever chemistry is going through the cables. Like we are in three different places, but also metaphysically in the same place at the same time in one reality which is this discord room <laughs> right now so i know they're doing like a quantum computers now with like qubits instead of bits using like the up and down spin as the one and zero instead of whether the cpu has an electrical charge or not or something like that Holy so who's to say shit. that <laughs> at some point we couldn't send internet signals between these two things because if we know the thing way over there is going to be opposite to this thing over here who's to say we can't send send information that way across the universe Okay, so the, the, the photon, the quantum particle of light, discovering that and yeah. engineering that is what makes fiber <clears throat> optic cables for high-speed internet work. So, so we are playing around with particles smaller than the atom just by having this call. That is nuts. We are the entanglement. This is, welcome to the entanglement <laughs> podcast, where you are both your dad and your son at the same time. <laughs> so God. as i as i understand it in outer wilds though it's not necessarily like like an actual model of how quantum physics works so much as it's a no. snookier implementation of a of a portal 
and yeah, and a, and a, a you know what the different outcomes. Do you know what the worst part about this and the internet generally is? Especially, I think the, between the three of us, this is definitely going to be the case. Someone very much listening to this right now, maybe more, will definitely have one hell of a grasp on this and have some sort of bachelor of science or a PhD in this very degree, and will be like, "These dudes are fucking idiots." And yeah, almost no, yeah, you could yeah. toss a coin that on almost any subject that is studied in the curriculum of the Western world at the moment, you can almost guarantee that somebody listening to your podcast or watching your video will have that knowledge. Therefore, it is a minefield no matter what you talk about on the internet. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. really. That's actually something I, uh, I have a lot of anxiety surrounding is this idea that no matter what I talk about, there will always be somebody else that knows way more about it, and therefore mm. I can never make the video that has all the information I want in it. Yeah. That's why I'm so glad game developers don't listen to this podcast. Therefore, I can talk as much <laughs> bullshit as I want, and nobody knows. Because yeah. <laughs> the anxiety will drive you crazy if you... Yeah. If, you, mm. if you're not like we great talked about aliens it. last week, and thankfully we didn't get too many comments about some of the stuff we were saying. So God, I wish we like did though. I love aliens, like just as a concept. Yeah. You uh, you mentioned that to me, George, when you were asking me about topics. Yeah. That sounded. I wish I was there last week. We because talked I love about that aliens sort of last too. week. Liam's like super so, hardcore non-believer. I'm like skeptic, leaning want to believe, but don't believe the current batch that's 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 exactly where i am like i want to believe the galactic federation is on the moon but that's absurd but i want to believe that and and i think matt was I want like to... leaning on non-believe but not as hard as liam is liam uh, really doesn't believe in aliens no 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 come on now that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is i think if aliens did exist it's a very very bad thing for us however I do personally believe in globalization and think that as a human race, we have to survive via coming to globalization Starfleet style one day. In order um, to incorporate. In order to progress as a human the race. Alien. And so, yeah. for something of an outerworldly experience for the human race being the only thing that might push us forward towards globalization, I'm kind of all for that. Because um, otherwise, we're not going to survive. So I'm kind of for the aliens like coming into contact with us and kicking us up the ass essentially to try and reach some form of globalization. Yeah. Like especially because as we discussed last week, if aliens had the technology to k come here or have been here or whatever, they will have surpassed all forms of war, famine, hunger, whatever, right? Whatever their species is able to contain in those things, I think, you know, to reach that they point would be yeah. They would have to be far beyond the Great Yeah, exactly. So, right, you know, yeah. like, all those things that constantly plague humanity, the fact that we all think we're all going to die in a nuclear holocaust, is pretty lame, when if we banded together, we could literally fucking go to Mars and live on Mars for a while. God, and, and the, the problem is that, you know, every country's politicians has their own interests, but yeah. the moments aliens are real, it's like, maybe everybody might have at least somewhat the same interests, maybe we all don't want to get killed by aliens. Yeah. I, but you I, think with the corona, like, that's what I thought would be the thing that actually did do that. Yeah, and it still didn't do that. apparently that's not enough. <laughs> it's that's not, not enough. I, I, not there's, enough. there's so many good topics that, that I want to, to talk to you about. And, and I, I, I since, since we did quantum physics a few minutes ago and now on aliens, I do want <laughs> to briefly talk about a documentary series I've been watching on curiositystream.com slash bunnyhop. 
Oh boy, Curiosity Stream has a comment section now. I wonder how that's going to go. But it's called Why Are oh. We Here? They interview a bunch of smug atheists and also like agnostic Christian-leaning physicists who explain quantum mechanics and its relation to the human consciousness and how there are theories that the somewhat random nature of observing uh, uh, quantum particles may be connected to our brain chemistry, which may connect the somewhat random, unpredictable nature of human creativity. And and that thus why we are really here. Interesting. So because I know um de, de, was it determinism is yes. like the theory that like everything is a cause and effect, and if our brains are just chemical reactions, then there is the possibility that we're not in control of our own actions. But that just seems so absurd because we're we're humans. We think we do what we want, and whether or not that is illusion, we don't know. But well, that we don't though, would do we? A, really? Yeah. And that's we that's are, the like, question. That's explanation as to why we we don't we do make our decisions. But even like mental illness, for example, taking as one form of a human being being unable to control certain aspects of themselves, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's predominantly by chemical imbalance in your brain, yeah. right? So it is it's a chemical reaction that's happening due to these aspects, you know, atoms or whatever inside of you mm. doing certain stuff. So there is some, I guess, nature where yes, you could it's not think just it's not just one thing or the other. It all works together. So and like one thing that people don't sort of realize about space and the earth and the planet and us is there isn't an infinite amount of materials the stuff that we yeah. are made up of is the exact same stuff that has existed for billions of years now uh and has developed like whatever is inside of you the air the oxygen also inside of your blood and you know h2o and everything right all of these atoms have existed in other forms uh of other different things we are as much a part of it's weird as human beings to think that our biological material yeah exactly right it's very so so Mm. if uh if 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 the human understanding of the quantum realm ends up completely demystifying consciousness itself and we find out that there's an incredibly predictable math formula that the human brain follows and then it turns out that, that the aliens have made it past that point. I, I'm just, it would be really, really scary if the aliens come down and end up like sharing us the secret formula to predicting all yeah. the coin flips you're ever going to make for the rest of your life and what your reaction would be to them. See, like, I don't agree oh that there is um, manifest destiny. There, I don't believe in that. I don't agree that that is a thing. I think... Uh, the same as uh, I think everything's like ratioed like if you have like a chemical reaction right the ratio of what chemical versus what chemical creates that reaction right I still think that Mm. imbalance of all of the decision making you know all the brain neurons firing is like almost like RNG dice roll every single time that causes this kind of consciousness so even though it is like maybe predictable outcomes to a certain nth number it's such a massive number of RNG rolls that I don't think we can yeah. have this manifest destiny. Well, um, well, what about the quantum computers and the simulation models they'll be able to 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 dig into? Well, they'll be they'll be like that moment in Doctor Strange where he's seen all of the millions of possibilities uh, and understands which one he exists in right now. Like the the quantum computing might be able to predict one human's uh, reaction to something based on you know all of the different factors and how their brain might you know 
respond in that. Even though we have quantum computing, we still haven't completely mapped the human brain, right? That's quite a difference. Um, so I don't know. They might be able to see, but we'd never be able to process that data that we personally would be able to, you know, act upon that. You know, we can't digest all of that information to then in that split second make that decision because yeah. we would have already made it. And then if we do make it, we have to figure out what to do when uh, if, if we reach a point of sustainability where we endure billions of years and then have to deal with whatever bullshit they're dealing with in outer wilds. But that also <laughs> then goes to show, right? Because you just said like an understanding and the quantum computing of understanding all of the different outcomes and knowing what to do. Human beings know what to do to solve climate change, to solve wars, to solve hunger, to solve famine. And we still we, like, don't do any of those things. No, because it's not in the interest of the most powerful people on the planet. Yeah. Staying powerful is in their interest. Yeah, we just do not. We understand how to fix these things. Um, but we can't even do something so simple as taxing the rich to maybe make them yeah. not happen. <laughs> I wouldn't and trust again, it, I, I, even if we had all the info. Yeah, and I think we said this earlier before we started the podcast, like, the human race is a social species. We've always been. We've had to work together to yeah. build the things that we've got to this point now. And now, everyone's sold this idea of individualism. You're better than everything. If you try, you got to get ahead of the game. And it's like, what? what's the point of this? We, we got here by working together. Why are we trying to pretend like I can do this all by myself now? I yeah, tried. George, you played the monkey game. You know how it works. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the monkey game depicts a very comprehensible, thorough line of millions of years of evolution that end up gradually creating a fiber optic cable that goes underneath <laughs> the oceans so we can have this podcast right now. Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I loved the weird places my brain was going when I saw the monkeys decide they wanted to have a job instead of Roma. That was a, a great moment in that game. Anyways. So um, what, is the, what is the monkey game? I have no context oh boy. for what you're talking it's about. A, it's a George <laughs> meme. It's, it's, a, it's a game, oh. a, a cult niche, janky as hell it's, game it's that not, not a lot of people like. It's sold over a million copies. After my review, um, oh, yeah, okay, that, that, that. yeah, a game that got generally George negative reviews until I got a hold of it and and played it <laughs> over a weekend good. after it got patched out after launch with a tab of Wikipedia in the other side and had the time of my life. Uh, it's it's a game where you evolve apes from ten million years ago into a, a closer to human ancestor, and in the process you take and add points into like stuff their brain does like uh take a point away from jumping to to put a point into grabbing things and your controller will not physically be able to let you grab two items at once until you uh upgrade some stuff down the upgrade tree like it, it emulates what it would be like having a hand that doesn't claw the same way ours do or yeah. having a so brain that like... forgets stuff a couple hours later instead of having long-term memory like ours does this this really sounds like what i wanted spore to be when i was a teenager yeah yeah you might you might get some satisfying uh scratches out of it uh but yeah no I mean, read reviews no before going playing... in it's yeah. it's janky i have no, I have no problem trying repetitive. to get into janky oh yeah i'm I'm not too bad with like the janky repetitive not so well put together stuff i mean i'm the king of b-grade platformers i've <laughs> beaten bubsy 3d for fun not because i find the game fun but because i like looking at it as a series of mechanisms that fail to interact 
<laughs> and that's what's fun to me. So I feel like that's the sort of thing that I might be able to get into. Is that on Steam? I'm, yes. I'm, I googled the monkey game on Steam, and I'm the just monkey kidding. Game. Do not feed the monkeys. Uh, the is it not called the monkey no, game? That's no, no, it's, it's it called to. Ancestors, Go. Mankind's Odyssey. Oh, no, oh. Humankind's Odyssey, because we're not sexist anymore, right, Mankind? <laughs> Remember when uh, Justin Trudeau said people kind and never got everyone got mad? I didn't say mankind. I I'm glad that I managed to avoid that one. <laughs> However, Why do people care uh, about these things. Canadian political controversy yeah. is really tame compared to Americans. <laughs> I was just thinking today about how we just haven't heard anything about Biden, in uh, of course, unless until with Israel. But you know how generally you could go three to four days without news of hearing yeah. the word president i don't know the only, time I, the only time i've heard the word biden since he was elected is just like when i see a, a news headline that says this happened biden responds and i don't click it yeah yeah the, it's the, such that's, a that's juxtaposition the Gaza like crisis the happened and yeah that is he the, responded the by sending time, them more even, money yeah, well selling them weapons <laughs> good job america <laughs> oh god yeah, I, I, I think my internet looks a lot different than your internet, and we need to always keep that in mind when when trying to decide if people are reading the same news as other people in this post-truth era. Well, it is your country, yeah. so you would hear about your president, but you have to understand from a worldwide standpoint, even we had Trump in the news every single day. Yeah, that's what it was like we in should. Canada. We were hearing more yeah. about Trump than our own freaking prime minister. Yeah. Every day. Exactly, right? We shouldn't be hearing about your president, to be honest. It's like, I don't care. It's like, I don't, I don't want to just see this, like, loud guy on TV just being an asshole all the time. It's like, why is this news? We know he's going to be that way. It's like, and that's what it was like for so long. For literally four like years. It feels now, but it wasn't that long ago. I just feel Man. like, like, on my side of the grass, it feels like someone's going to sloop into that hole like like once trump was out of the news i started getting blasted <clears throat> with headlines about laura boatbert quotes about uh comparing wearing masks to the holocaust like they still make sure my brain is full of ridiculous bullshit even when he's gone um people are gonna God. do that okay sure. uh, i i swear i was trying to segue <laughs> Um, Wait, I, before before we segue though, I do have a very funny story oh, no, about the, uh, the day after the election. You can segue <laughs> after my funny story. Okay, okay. Um, so here in Nova Scotia, Canada, where like people don't care that much about the American election. I don't know. It's in the news, but like we can't vote in it. We don't have a stake in it. Who cares? Yet, Ted Cruz can. Um, God, let me. It's on my messenger. I gotta find it. Uh, my friend was uh, just around town. And it was the day after Biden won the election, and this dude completely vandalized his own car, spray-painted a bunch of Batman symbols on it and conspiracy quotes like, Hunter Biden is 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 a Antifa super soldier or, some, or something crazy like that. And this guy was driving around, like, as if he was making a statement, not even in the United States, after, by vandalizing his own car. I have pictures of it right here. Let me drop it. Oh, wait, wait. So did you, like, see this in person, or...? Or, my um, friend, it, it was a block from my house, or from my apartment, rather. Okay. And it, it, it was just some dude parked his car, and it was this. <laughs> and it's like, what are you, why did you do this to your car? Look, why, no it's joke. not a bad a car, either. Joker. <laughs> it's not like, a bad car, either. Like, what the hell's wrong with him? 
I don't I... understand why any Canadian citizen would do this. I, 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 why do you care? I think it's a mental health thing. God, I've, I've, oh, I've, he probably saw something on Facebook and got real scared and thought he had to save the day by turning his car into Batman. Yeah, this is like evidence that someone's at, in the post-truth society, the symptom. They are not living in the same reality as the rest of us and desperately need no. help. Yeah. Like, like this That's, goes uh, beyond political beliefs to self-destructive beliefs. Yeah. I think he's done a pretty oh. good job of his Batman symbol, though, to be fair. <laughs> The Joker stencil came out pretty nice, yeah. I have to admit. I mean, I don't he's, know. the Batman symbol is kind of like weird that he's done it there because it's kind of like on his wheel arch and overlapping, so he's had to squeeze in the detail. I, I just <laughs> kind of like... Aiming for his petrol cap or something. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm looking at, at serial killer handwriting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is literally referencing with. the Joker, so... I don't know how... It just blows my mind how you're going to write a picture of the 2008 Heath Leather Joker on your car and say, no joke, and expect people to take that seriously. Like these people Anybody who so has any... I feel gone. bad for the Joker, because honestly, if the Joker <laughs> was a real person, I bet he would feel pretty fucking lame. Like, I don't feel is bad for the Joker because he's not less, a real person and he's evil. There's nothing <laughs> less scary than somebody who has, like, a reference to the Joker in, like, their profile or anything. Like, <laughs> some people, oh, people thought like, I was insane. And it's like, he's no. He's just like me. He's just like me. He understands me. People think I'm insane, but I'm not. God. I might have I felt that when I was, like, 16. I kind of didn't like my peers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you that, see those old well, Facebook I, posts I, of, like, the Heath Ledger with the card, like, half-covering his face, and it'll have, like, yeah. the most benign bullshit <laughs> written with it that's like, Don't you realize the toothpaste industry is trying to get you to drink and eat fluoride? <laughs> but I, you said that, that that you did go through that, that phase at 16, right? Like, a lot of us go through edgelord phases and grow yeah. out of oh, it. of course. I had my edgelord phase when I was a high schooler because I was, like, a depressed kid. I didn't like my peers. I felt hated. It's, it's I felt rather like natural, but... And then you then you kind of broaden your perspective of the world. You talk mm. to more people. You realize what's really going on. You just kind of grow out of and, it. And I can definitely see you as a shadow of the hedgehog. Uh, <laughs> I thought shadow of, of the hedgehog was so cool when there, I was See, 11. I knew I it. it I knew cool it. I fucking knew it. I could tell. Yeah. I fucking knew it. No, I was I was the biggest loser when I was growing up. I still am. <laughs> I'll never stop. How My do you say that when the most famous Mario picture of on you. YouTube? No, how can you say that when the most famous picture of you on the internet is literally one of you that makes it look like you'll kick actually, anybody's actually, ass? Actually, the f most famous picture of me on the internet is a picture of me doing the Sonic Adventure jump pose, and it says Traitor to America. <laughs> because I was put on that one Angry Gamers Traitor to America list, and I don't know what that was, but I thought that was really funny, so I just put Isn't the George on, on that, that list as well? I can't remember. I don't know where that picture is. I don't think I have it on my computer. I'm uh, so I know people know the one. To America. So so we have some crossover fans in the Dad and Sons Discord who who have been uh, uh, sharing some links of your videos and talking about them for a while, and oh, and no. I overheard a discussion that uh, you were sharing some stories on your own podcast of weird parasocial relationship interactions. Oh, yeah, man. It's like, 
Yeah, Liam just had the picture. I just found it. Oh. And I also found that pitch, that gif I've uh, seen of you before of you firing the gun. Looking like <laughs> such Me a badass. firing the gun. I fired a gun in a million like, No, the, the one where you are, again, the one that sounds, naked, sounds but wearing a leather jacket. Pretty and, uh, pro-American. Oh, the one where I'm holding the AK-47 by, by the, the hand. Oh, okay. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a Russian rifle. Traitor to America. That's, there you go. That's, that's an oldie. That, that's that, an oldie. That, that is a great one. Like that if is, I that wanted is one of my a, favorite bits, yeah. If I wanted a photo or a gif of me on the internet, <laughs> that would be pretty high up there. That's why you're a traitor to America, because it was an AK <laughs> and not an M16. Oh, I see. Yeah, I favor the Russian weapon. Right, yeah, that's that's oh, that's my. how we're going to draw the lines when the revolution happens. <laughs> God, uh, we're going to reach globalization. But yeah, um, um, parasocial interactions, everyone living in their own little internet. We're in a post-truth society where a lot of the normal jobs people do to support themselves end up creating a character uh, like a celebrity. And, you know, in generations past, celebrities would trade the lack of anonymity and the danger they put themselves in and the scrutiny they deal with for <laughs> lots of money and a luxurious lifestyle. I don't quite know if we get that, though, but we do get we, the lack no, of anonymity we, and, and yeah. the character getting confused with the real person. It's like we trade, we make that trade off for like regular amount of money. <laughs> oh, yeah, that goes up and down over the years considerably at that, um, depending yeah, on how the. I've had good months and I've had bad months. And then, and then a corona year happens, and uh, yeah, and then you start wondering what what the next uh, crisis year is going to look like, because <laughs> it honestly feels inevitable at this point. But yeah, how weird has it gotten for you? Because in the past year Let for me, me since just, the, the oh. burnout and the downturn, I've definitely not had as bad a experience with some 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 episodes as in the past, but. But it sounds like you're not just, uh, you're not having any peace right now. I I, I think I uh, I just cover um, media that like attracts younger viewers, people in their early teenagers, uh, teenage years, and uh, I've I've had multiple. And when I say multiple, I mean at least three emails from strangers telling me about how they did a bomb threat at their school because they didn't like something I said or the way I interacted with them. Holy or I, like, yeah, that's a new one. Yeah, I have and not gotten that. It's terrifying knowing that just because of an interaction I had with somebody, I just caused the whole school world of pain. I mean, I didn't cause that this person did, but I mean, no, I flicked yeah. that domino. I get, I can't. Yeah, fuck that guy. It's just no, like, no, 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 it's no, just, no, no, no. That, that domino would have been flicked head, regardless. In my head, there's just all that anxiety of, oh my god, I was a part and of And I this. know that anxiety. And, you gotta fight it. And like, you have to much, consciously fight it. But how much more have i caused how yes, much but more on the flip side instances... of that right so on the flip side of that me being the one here who kind of gets away with it because i don't have the kind of eyes on me like you guys do of course you are so lucky i hate it <laughs> uh but we still have our dead and sons moments but you know i see a glimpse into that window sometimes uh and i do <laughs> liam reads I the honestly... comments more than the rest of us do yeah yeah and like i I have my concerns about what if, and obviously this comes with the the want and also the the worry that what if I make a game that somehow is popular one day that then people tie to Dan Sons and they tie to me and then you know there's like I worry about people yeah. like going through your history and stuff and trying to find stuff. I I the worry about that hole. anxiety, right? Um, you know, but on the yeah. flip side of that, I think about it and I think about being someone who kind of grew up through the YouTube. Um, renaissance let's say of these creators you know i think george 
you know, is in there of being like one of those original people, right? Not talking like video internet stuff like Angry Video Game. I'm talking about, you know, uh, George and, you know, going back to like the Game Grumps and, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. When right? 2012. in multiple ways was but really cool. In, got, that was almost kind of a decade ago, so it does feel like a yeah, foggy I'm history. Yeah, I'm even like 2009, yeah. 2010, right? Like I think I was thinking about this today. Actually, I was thinking about somebody who I've watched since I was in university, so 2008, and that's um, Happy Console Gamer Johnny Millennium. Like I've watched him since I was like 18. I'm about to turn 31. That's insane. And he's that's always nuts. been very consistent and a great guy. But um, I think about like how much you guys must have helped people too. Yeah, and, and that's that's, that's a way to parasocial, fight. But that's that's the that flip side the of parasocial relationships. With, that, is accepting that. Yeah, I've ever you, had. A you have so, to try so hard yeah. to remember and I think that. So it is so fucking hard. And I think that's really nuts. important, though. I think that's incredibly important because that's the flip side of parasocial relationships that doesn't get talked about a lot, which is the amount of good that you don't realize you're doing because you don't hear about it necessarily necessarily right? yeah and you're never you're not really going to pay attention to it um you know you get lots of nice youtube comments versus that one negative one or that one email that yeah. is a crazy fucking idiot who does such a stupid thing right but we are unaware of like the innocuous nature of doing things right we don't realize the effects we have both negative mm. and positive and i think about us having this dumb conversation right now but you don't realize that someone might be listening to this right now who's had like the fucking worst day of their life the worst week or whatever and that familiar voice and the t chatting shit about stuff that doesn't matter can really like lighten somebody's day right you know that kind of safe yeah. haven i think that youtubers and content creators do provide of a certain thing right i'll be honest like there are days i find youtube quite cathartic because i have days where i just don't want to think about anything right whether it's like work or anything and it is people yeah. like you know both of you especially in recent years james because of course i watch your stuff quite frequently right oh where my. i'll go back and watch <laughs> old you. videos like go back and watch george's old stuff whether it's it, it's like not new stuff but it's like going back to watch like an old movie right it's like yeah. something that is like a safe haven where it was reminiscent of a time and also like a familiar voice and also just content that is great and well thought out but it, it's like and i don't mean this derogatory but like in the larger picture of someone's life it doesn't matter, right? It's a video yeah. about a, a, a subject that they may be interested in or maybe not be. But yeah, that kind of thing doesn't matter. And I think so many content creators don't realize that. And there is a lot of focus on that negative because the parasocial relationship tends to on the online become like this negative thing. But there are a lot of things that I think innocuously we just say and do that might have such an effect on somebody that if they came up to you and said, oh man, that one video you made about fucking Jimmy Neutron, Save my life, bro. You'd be like, what the fuck well, are you talking about? Right? <laughs> I didn't say, uh, well, I was going to say, I've, I've had that on a bus before. That's uh, I didn't crazy. say save my life, but uh, this dude was just kind of staring at me like he recognized me, and my anxiety just peaks. I'm like, oh, yeah. fuck. And because uh, I'm a bundle of anxiety and I'm socially awkward, I'm terrible with like seeing people IRL. The only like times I'm good at it is like cons. Yeah. But, um, 
yeah, it, it's this guy was just looking at me and he just said, "Oh my god, I love all your horror videos." And he was just like vibrating and I said, like, "Listen, yeah. dude, I'm just a regular man, but it's... thank you very much." And it's like it was no, it's an incredible feeling whenever that happens because you forget. You forget that this is something people like. It's because mm. when I hate watching my own videos, I'm like um, Adam Driver. Like, I just, he can't watch his own performance. Yeah. Um, I can only watch my own videos if I'm editing it and I have to. If I go back, like, like uh, for example, one of the most proud videos I was uh, in recent time was the Frogger the Great Quest video. Okay. Where it's, it was a very kind of different, very goofy, very funny, and I really explored that thing from beginning to end. And there's a lot of gags that, like, again, I'm not really a comedian, but I, th I thought of gags I thought were genuinely funny. And I rewatched that video the other day, and I just hated it. I hated my delivery. I hated my segueing. I hated uh, everything I said in which order. I wanted to change everything about it, and I couldn't watch it. I had to stop, like, six minutes in. But that's, um, that's because so, you're But it's because you're, I know, you're... You're your own biggest critic. Yeah, I'm course. a perfectionist. The longer I do this, the more I just want to do it the best I can. Um, but that puts you in a position where you obsess over it. You obsess yeah. over, oh, my God, there was a, a, a snot rumble in my throat when I said <laughs> this one syllable in this sentence. I have to re-record it. I've, I've had times where I've just gone absolutely, like, off the wall, just, just hating myself because I can't get the performance out of me that I want because, like, it's like... I don't know. I, I, part of you feels like there's that expectation where you get a lot of comments like criticizing you for every little mistake. Sometimes mm. I'll get just a comment like it's just the same dude commenting on six videos in a mm -hmm. row. And all I have to say is you got this wrong. You got that wrong. You got that wrong, uh, especially on horror videos, because, you know, horror topics are very nuanced and complicated and. You know, Which is fucking mad because like horror spawns from like B movies, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like um, like for example, all my old Silent Hill videos. There's like a lot of stuff that's straight up wrong in that, and whatever. It's my first year doing YouTube. I didn't really do much research, but like now I just look at those videos and people still tell me they're amazing. Yet I feel like everything I say in those videos is wrong, mm. and stuff like that just makes me obsess over whether or not I have to like get everything right. And no matter I how much I try, like, there's always two things. I every video I put out, you got these two things wrong, and it's like, how do you? But I know you, it's it's impossible to be perfect. You just got to not obsess over it. But it's just. I think it's about so hard. like the hyper famous, right? I was thinking about this with like Justin Bieber the other day because I saw a gif of him like being supposedly mean to his wife at a hockey game yeah. or something. And I was thinking, man, that looks really rough. Maybe, yeah. And then I was thinking, but what in reality if he was just trying to watch the game and was like any normal human being annoyed that someone was bothering him when he's trying to watch a game or something, right? Uh, what was what was the gesture? Yeah. Like, what was the, the incident? Like, uh, like tapping on his shoulder and trying to talk to him and he's kind of just like shooting them away and kind of like the person goes uh. very quiet. His wife goes very quiet. Or whatever, uh. right? Um, and people are like, oh man, he must be abusive, blah blah blah, right? Like that. It's kind like of yeah, it's like it. just because this guy is famous, we can spin the idea that he doesn't like being bothered into yeah, yeah, he's exactly, not a good right? person. And I and I've had that before. I've had people very upset with the idea that I didn't act like I owed them a response because I don't owe anybody a response. I get so many emails every day; it's impossible to respond to them all. Yet I get people sending me follow up emails angry that I didn't respond to them. Mm. And it's like, what is this? What is, is this the same thing to me that it is to you? I just wanted to share information about like old media that I found interesting, and now mm. it's just become this thing where there's an expectation of how I do, should react to what you throw at me, and it's it is this do, it is surreal. Do you oftentimes respond? Is it like an expectation that might come from a habit? No, I, I respond to emails that are just like 
interesting if someone has an interesting uh, opportunity right yeah imagine that yeah yeah but uh, but i feel like more than half of emails it's just people who want something from me please can you make a video about this game hey i'm a pr manager please make a video about this game hey why haven't you responded to my email it's been three days it's like i don't know you i never invited you to email like i don't it's it's odd. Uh, uh, here here's a good example of constructive feedback. The kind of email you want to get is one that I got from a Valve Index fanboy, who confessed as much in the subject line of the email, but then says, "George, you got to try these out. These ten dollar boosters that you can strap onto the controllers will solve one of the big problems you complained about." And it actually worked. Like the email was written yes. in a way where it acknowledged <laughs> the bias it was coming from, suggested a practical cheap easy way to fix what was a reasonable problem it didn't disagree with my assessment of the problem it was like yes you have this problem but it can be fixed through this methodology and i was just like what a what a great little exchange i had with that guy we we, we followed oh, up I, on a conversation yeah. about about more vr stuff and that's that was like one of the the best examples in my mind of like pleasant fan interaction that still came from a place yeah. of disagreement yeah, and that is, is, that is the best way because then you get to have a conversation with somebody who just is interested in something you're interested in, and that's that's kind of what I wanted interactions to be. And yeah. For a while, when I was small, when I would be on Twitter a lot, a lot of my interactions were like that. It's like, hey, you said this about that game. What about? And then it, then I'm talking to people, and then after you get enough followers, it stops being that, and it starts being a bunch of strangers fighting over your attention. Yeah, it is interesting like that the standards are different. It's almost like because you're a name, not necessarily a person, right? Yeah. That you are like this some yeah. sort of superhuman identity where I'm a brand. You're now. a brand. You're an like, influencer. Yeah. And they are you're, your you're followers. Like, I, I will never use this power I have to influence an individual to buy. <laughs> Hello, fellow like influencers. That. No, I am not an influencer. Do not call are me. Are you that. ready to influence your followers now? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to make. I'm ready to influence you to follow. <laughs> so, like, yeah. So, it's kind of weird how the stand is different. Like. No, like I don't get how any real human being would expect of a content creator or someone who just is making videos on YouTube, right? Not fucking Justin Bieber, um, would realistically think, oh yes, this person must answer every single email they ever get, or yeah. they must respond to every single comment ever, or they can handle yeah. this abuse that I'm about to throw at them because I random person who goes to uh my job in uh i don't know a bakery <clears throat> i could definitely answer a thousand emails whilst on top of doing God. my job at my bakery and also and the then worst part the worst people. part is i used to be one of those people i used to think all that when i was a teenager i would watch peanut butter gamer and just because he had a million subscribers to me he was this bulletproof God. invincible superman yeah and i would like uh, oh I shit would, like, you were influenced <laughs> but like I would send him mean stuff on Twitter I'd say I'm gonna beat you up as a joke like to me and my friends it was a joke and then like one day he sent me a message he was like hey that's not funny I don't appreciate that yada 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 god hey, damn I, I, I get it though he was really nice about it and then I just responded still being a shithead 19 year old and then later I I felt really bad about it has he ever then, spoke like, to you wait, since? I've never had a conversation with him since, but he's like, I've had minor interactions with him on Twitter, and he's like, I think he subscribed to me on YouTube, 
It's weird, he, but he like I don't even remember. I, I, I don't, there's I don't. no way there, he does it. There's no way because you do get said, tens to hundreds of does those. He put, like you know, yeah. Does he put that connection though between that person who did that and that? Oh, this is that YouTube created Nitro. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But the thing is, he he sent my message back like to that channel when I started it when I first started. He said, "Yeah, we well, clearly are really uh, passionate about what you're doing, Ethan. I wish you well. I hope you do good." So like. In that moment, he knew that I was that guy. Oh. Later, he, I don't know. If it's, there's no way he does it. There but ain't going to be come no, out of the pipe. So no, it's just, no normal know, boots but, um, uh, invitation for you. Oh. <laughs> but all, all I can say, though, is that um, that exchange I got from Austin has made me a much better person. Because it made me legitimately think about my actions when I when I had somebody on the other end being the bigger person so, instead of just saying fuck off. So in that turn then, have you developed that kind of attitude to responding to people who send you stuff like that? <clears throat> oh, but, yeah, because I, I get it. Again, I used to be that person. I used to be that little shithead and I know, um, <clears throat> well, it depends. I go to their Twitter profile and if their age says they're older than 21, there's no excuse. If they're a teenager, there is. But um, that's kind of how I see it. Like if, if they're just that's a fast. teenager, it's like, I get it. I know you you have a, a version of this world <laughs> that is similar to the version of my world when I was that age, I get it. But I think there's an age where it's not acceptable anymore when you get into your later 20s and then you still see those people and it's like, okay, you can fuck well, off. Even if they're still going through through their edgelord phase, though, then that's a uh, teaching opportunity to, to help them mature. Well, I mean, at, at, well, at that point, it's not my obligation. I don't know. That, that is I true. Just don't that is true. Because I don't want to waste the energy. But if, but if it is a younger person, then I might interact just because I've, it is interesting. I've had the experience when... of being on the other end of that. On the flip side of that, then, uh, just out of interest, when, to both of you, when did, when was the age where you were like, oh shit, I'm now this person forever? Like, there's, there was definitely a switch for me where I became a different person and I've been that person ever since and I've reflected on all of the past mistakes of life and like, become the experience let's say experienced person i am now like it's almost like a mindset switch like one day i don't know and it, of course it develops over time but there's one day where you realize it and you're like oh damn i you know if you look at i think of it as like when you look at old facebook memories posts or something like that or garbage posts you see like an old post from yourself when you were like 22 and you're like Jeez, I wrote that. <clears throat> oh fuck, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I've I've had that a lot. I've I've had that when like people will randomly like a tweet I made in 2016. I was like, I said that publicly. Yeah, 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 uh, exactly. Right. It's just like a crass joke that would come out of Eric Andre's mouth, but it's not really something but I would want to. It's on you know, the permanent record now. It's in the archives. It's on the permanent record. It's on the wayback machine. Yeah. Oh no. God. I definitely feel it was like 27 maybe 28 after i moved to japan and there was a couple of experiences in japan that were not so good not so great and then it just like there was a moment where i was like oh this is who i am this is the way i respond to things this is the way i will act and you know that's helped with dealing with social media and responses and also professional and stuff like that um you, you're still learning all the time, right? But I feel like there's maybe a way you can handle it. It's maybe sometimes, like, especially in your case, James, you know, you're about to turn 27, right? Like, yeah. where <clears throat> you've been forced to come to that because you've had so many of these experiences and you've had to sort of, you know, how do I coalesce 
my personality out into the internet without also 10 years time looking back and wanting to shoot myself in the head yeah editing my own podcast has been horrible for like developing those feelings because i realize how much i interrupt people when you watch your own behavior back um, and that's something that's, that's always been a thing. Like, uh, I've always made, like, sketch comedy videos with friends since high school. We still do it for fun. Mm. And sometimes you watch back the raw footage, and it's like, why did I crack that joke at Brady? That was just kind of insensitive. And then I... But, be, but because I've been fortunate enough to, like... I have, like, hours and hours, probably, like, years worth of raw footage from my life. And yeah. you can go back and observe your own behavior and then you you know you acted that way when in the moment you never would have been able to remember that mm. and because of that i've been able to like approach friends be like hey when i said that how did you actually feel about it and since i've been able to do that it's i've been able to grow like a little closer with my friends kind of figure out their comfort zones a little better respect them respect those comfort zones more and have more meaningful conversations with them it's a very strange thing, but I, as much as it's like created this endless just torrent of anxiety, I am appreciative, appreciative of it because it has allowed me to kind of make a conscious effort to be better than that. So, so you mentioned interrupting people, which is something that I totally freaking think I am guilty of too quite often. And I do think this did not happen before my shit-tier internet celebrity days because I suspect that doing Let's Plays and streaming ended up kind of training my brain into that. It's 100% that because I've had the exact same experience. I used to be be very untalkative, very to myself. I never would uh, say much to people. But now that I'm talking into a microphone constantly, if I'm in a car car with three other people, I will never shut up. Mm. I will just keep talking. Because it's your job. You're trained to fill the air. And it's, um, yeah. I had an uncle who, like, if you sit by that uncle at the family dinner, he's going to talk your ear off. And it's, I get that now because he's in radio. It's just what he's yes. done for so long. It's what his body is trained yeah, to do. Yeah, it is, it is a habit so we, that you, you yeah, have to we, have to be aware yeah. of. We've yeah, talked about this on, on the show, the I think, like, a couple of years, uh, maybe a, a, a year or so ago. Mine is, like, when I'm comfortable with people, I will talk and talk and talk and talk. Like, for sure. Um, but when I'm not comfortable with people i actually can't really bring myself to talk so yeah. then it kind of is like these weird dual per, um personalities but there was a thing maybe three or four years ago <laughs> where somebody like was giving me feedback just so happened to be the guy who fucking programmed Star Fox, right and <laughs> he was like hey you've got great ideas you're amazing at this like we think you're gonna be great do this this but you need to shut up and listen and like that stuck with me forever because i felt i must have felt comfortable and just talked and talked but in some cases and ever since then i've done my best to especially in a professional capacity to listen because the one thing i think that's really important about especially in this era of everybody having a voice and being able to say whatever you want and getting your point out there and everyone arguing points against each other like opinions is to gain the respect from someone else for them to listen to you is to literally listen to what they're saying and digest. And like, ever since yeah. he was just like, Hey, you're great. Blah, 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 blah. Shut up and listen. And like, I think that stuck with me for a long time. And, and I've read a lot into, um, sort of like why listening is important, but it's like a skill because you just tune yourself out. When yeah. someone talks along and along, every human being just is like, ah, oh, what am I going to do tomorrow? Especially what if you got, like, 
monkey gamer bionicle brain like me and you just want to think about like something different constantly yeah exactly so it's like training yourself to be like i'm digesting what they're saying I want to respond right now, but I, I shouldn't. Like, now is not yes, the right time. Yes, I have that feeling so yeah. much. An idea pops into my head, and I want to get it out. I have a joke or a bit, but... And that's something I, I, uh, I used to do constantly. It used to be really annoying because I had to do every joke I thought of. But that's something It's like, just because you have a joke in your head doesn't mean you have to interrupt have to the it. conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. and say it. Well, yeah, what definitely. If, well, what if you get left behind? Okay, so I'm reading the McElroy's book on podcasting, and one of the cool tricks that they share is that if you have three people in a podcast, you can have two people talking while the one person thinks up of a joke. But, like, oh no, the conversation's moved on, and oops, I'm gonna crack a joke about a topic that was left behind three minutes ago. Well, just, you edit the podcast. Just edit that part back over there. That's a great work. idea, actually. That's the... <laughs> I'm waiting for George to cut this, and so no one will ever know (laughs) that George is funny. (laughs) That that would just kind of contribute to the illusion that we're these perfect people that just know how to do everything on the fly, though. Like, that's that's one thing a lot of people assume about me. They assume I'm just this, like, platformer, mechanical, gamer-brain genius man, when really I sit in front of a script feeling like I'm a frickin' moron for three straight days, carefully making myself sound like I know what I'm talking about. And then you, like, feel good for maybe an hour when you hit the upload button, and then the comments roll in, and you just want to melt into the bed and fast forward to the next week again. And then it's, oh, Little Nightmares 2 is a prequel? Oh, I guess half of this video's wrong. Oh, (laughs) time to melt. Yeah, turn everything off. Yeah, yeah, I guess people don't realize, like, you know, I I mean, some people do, of course, but a lot of people don't want to believe what is the... uh, the actual truth i remember reaching out to a content creator who i really respect uh to be on a podcast um and he straight up was like look i'd love to but i have found that i am awful when i have to talk live yeah yeah and i'm like damn you're like the most eloquently spoken human being who makes videos and he and he was just was like i can't do it like i i find myself to be terrible it's a different Um, different skill yeah it's a completely different skill I can't write um, a script and talk at a camera. I can't, but I can quite happily fill a podcast for two hours with nonstop rambling, right? That tends yeah. to be after doing podcasting for almost six years, to it now seems to be somewhat coherent through experience. Yeah. A lot of it can be like how comfortable you are doing that too, because a lot of people will assume that you are perfectly comfortable just because you're well-spoken mm. uh, like i'm a well-spoken individual i can speak very articulately very clearly very quickly um but because of that i never fumble my language that much when i'm feeling like uh, sad or scared or anxious which is amazing for job interviews but it makes it creates this illusion that i'm never feeling what i am and people always just like i, I did a panel at halcon uh last year and i just felt terrified the whole time Yet apparently that didn't come across, which I guess is good for the performance, but it's also this double-edged sword because no one really knows how I feel. Nobody knows that I'm actually like this bundle of anxiety that's terrified and Mm. they come up to me thinking I'm this golden man and I'm just like terrified of these people coming up to me and I'm something to them. I think some people just lean into it. I think myself and George, in comparison to Matt, Matt is always very cool, very calm, right? Matt doesn't tend to let these issues that bother me and George bother him because yeah. they don't. 
Um, so he's very Matt able. Matt strikes to... me as a very social butterfly. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I am too, but because of that, like for me, like I'm very invested in these things. Same as George. Me yeah. and George are very alike. Um, but even when talking on a podcast, it's still our ability to be emotional. Is like we're able to do it and somewhat stay in control and make it like this content but you know we still let that out um yeah for good for good or for better sometimes but yeah it's pretty interesting for sure i think you three bounce off of each other like incredibly well uh thank you uh, i'm sure there's no pressure though with uh you know you being on here and everything yeah and yeah having to be know. on your best behavior you know yeah. <laughs> thank thank you for the the sincere genuine honest compliment i'm sure i'm sure <laughs> No, I, I, I do mean that. I think you three have uh, <coughs> very good, like, podcast chemistry. I feel like uh, you're all similar enough that you have... Uh, the way you carry yourselves are all different enough from each other that they just kind of blend very well. Good thing, otherwise we wouldn't have wasted our time. So, what... Vi- we played any video games? Interactive electronic television sport games? Uh, Can I... Oh, do I get to talk about a game that surprised the shit out of me? Liam has a cool-looking yeah. list. Oh, I'll, well, well let's we're hear already, it. like, uh, fucking a god's age in. But I, I do want to... <laughs> I do want to... have we been talking for? We've been going on for, like, an hour. We've been going on for an hour, yep. <laughs> I was yep. so... I'm, every podcast, I'm terrified I'm going to have, like, no, nothing no. to say, and then an hour goes by after Don't I say nothing. Don't worry about it. So cool. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, on this um, digital video game experience... Um, I did want to talk about a game that surprised the hell out of me this week. There's a free trial of it right now. I think that's to try and entice people into believing that this game actually might be good. Um, and it's on Game Pass, which we all know, George, is free real estate. So, you know, you can I play wish it. I had an Xbox so bad for that. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember when you sent me that message when we were talking about PC. it. Yeah, I don't, have, I don't have a PS5 or a Series X, so I can't play like anything new with new graphics. Oh, it's it's on PC. Uh, well, know. it's on PC and it's also on Switch. I don't, I don't have like a, a I gaming don't really rig. Play much on PC. My, rig. I've, my PC is an editing rig, not a gaming rig. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I, I think that, that just check the system requirements. It's probably like an editing rig is on the game, list. Yeah, I think that, the I other, think this like, game I wanna, not necessarily. I want to play, play in my living room, and I want to plug it into an Elgato and have the recording work, and not have to wrestle with OBS for five years. I want to cut my limbs off. Because oh, I it's, hate it's, it. it's it's not that bad. We'll get you some if ginger ale. If anybody wanted to doubt that the platformer man refuses to play PC games, uh, there you go. <laughs> but anyway, what's this game you're talking about, Liam? So I I played a game called Knockout City. Sounds awful. Oh, that but yeah. So and it's an EA game, uh, well published by EA, so equally could be as terrible. But that was that weird dodgeball game that had that yes. trailer for on the Nintendo. Yeah, yeah uh, the, the one with yeah. the absolutely awful trailer. Saturday, and then the PlayStation trailer voice. made it look actually fun. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it, it looks yeah. it looks it fun, that. but the aesthetic I don't know. I don't know about the so aesthetic. Also, yeah, I, I think so, it's garbage. So oh, the wow. aesthetic is kind of this <laughs> weird thing where they've definitely gone for like. Fortnite-ish tried to anyway. I would feel um, awkward. The characters are the worst looking part. But when the game is actually in motion, <gasps> it's not so bad. They look like Team um, America. They <laughs> they look like they the like, puppets um, from Team America. They look like celebrity deathmatch. Yeah, like... Yes, yes like, they look like that. That is exactly like what they look like. Uh, yeah, like a little bit between stop motion and puppets. 
but i yeah. think uh, their proportions and stuff are in service to the game design which is totally fine um but so for anybody who doesn't know it's, it's a like uh, essentially an arena shooter but it's a dodgeball game right the idea is super super simple controls that i think are fantastic and what surprised me most about this game is how fucking good it feels to play and how simple it is to engage with. Like, if you play a shooter or something, you know, there's, there's not that much complications to go with it, but, you know, you have to think about crouching, you have to think about, like, running and sprinting and then firing your gun and then switching to grenades, switching your guns. And reloading. You know, reloading. And there are a couple of different, you know, offshoots of the main controls. Whereas in this, you have LT, left trigger to catch, right trigger, hold, let go, fires the dodgeball. Okay. Ooh. Easy. Fucking easy, right? On top of that, it has two things. One is a dodge, which is X. It's dodgeball. And so a ball. you can dodge. <laughs> and then it has jump. Now, what it has uniquely is it has a double jump, but not on the same button as jump. It has two different types of double jump. Huh. You press A to jump, and then you could press Y or B to do two different types of double jump. One that is like a, a, like a front flip, so you get like a bit of air, and then one that's like a pirouette, where you do like a side motion, so you get some like, um, like you cover ground, so you can get to platforms um, that maybe you wouldn't get to. Oh, that's and they what, have, uh, I've never seen Carol a game does. that has two different double jumps. So um, the, the closest thing I can think of is like it's not two double jumps, but it's like Sonic Colors. When you're in the air, you can hit one button to double jump and one button to homing attack. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's sort of like of. yeah, the idea of like movement being segment. So you know, you're not just like doing the same double jump all over again. You know, and that, that is why I, I hate double jumps because it just feels like I'm just doing the same movement every time. Yeah. There's no like I'm not worrying about where I am in uh, adjacent to this platform. I'm just going and I make I'm just it every going time. and I'll just oh that's above really me. Because, it yeah. requires because once you're in the air, you have to think about you're what you're going to do. What you're doing, yeah, yeah, you're not yeah. mindlessly hitting the button again. Exactly. Exactly. And what's even more interesting is you can then do your dodge in the air as well. So oh. you can jump, dodge, and before you land, do the double jump, then dodge again, and then double jump. And you can almost infinitely keep moving. And what is so great about this game is its levels, I've got to admit, like they're very Splatoon inspired, I want to say. Like, you know, they're kind of a bit more Splatoon y. Um. And they're a bit bland. But what is so great about it is <laughs> the movement is so free. It feels massively responsive. And you can just literally, like, park all your way through this game. There's no that restriction. sounds really fun. It even has a sprint. Like, you hold the stick into sprint. And the <clears throat> normal speed is pretty good. So the movement in this game is like a weird hybrid to me of like Splatoon where you're able to, you know, like duck into the thing and then move really quickly and then jump out and all this. And like Titanfall for some reason, you know, the parkour <laughs> yeah. nature of Titanfall. It's really, really freeing. Um, and then you combine that with this core mechanic of dodgeball. Now, it has some uh, unique spins on it. It has different types of dodgeballs that each game has like a... Uh, an additional ball added in it reminds me of like quake where you had the weapons and you had to run around and you'd know where the oh, weapons would spawn yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly like that so you have like the sniper ball you have like multi-ball you have bomb ball they're all pretty standard and they do the same stuff um 
But what you get is you get this really great thing where every player has two hearts. First heart, you hit, you get hit by the ball, uh, and then second heart, you get knocked out. That adds one KO to the team. But what you get is this really great thing where you have two players who have a ball facing oh. off in these mini duels where your movement and you like jumping and then double jumping to fake out whether you're going to throw the ball or not and you create these like really interesting duels and then you have to be wary of like other teammates coming um from the other team because you can cat if you throw the ball and uh, and they throw it towards you or if you don't have a ball you can catch it so you know if you're quick enough depending on how long they've charged it for is how fast it will fly at you but you can catch it but the problem is there's like a cooldown then of you having caught the ball so they can throw another ball at you and knock you out but it's the same oh. thing so if they fake throwing the ball at you by doing moves and making you panic you will then cause the cooldown of like whiffing catching the ball and then they'll try and like literally catch you out like it's like real dodgeball it's so great so it's not even just you got good movement options. They, like, make that a way to read other people. Yeah, make it that a way to read other people. So then you have, like, these instances that where it's not fun. just, like, throwing a ball and knocking someone out. You're literally, like, creating these mini, like, standoffs with people. Yeah. And what's great is you can see how many points, and you might be down to the last point. And what I found in Knockout City, which is pretty great, is that you could be, like, so it's the first to ten. Um, you could be at seven, and the team could be at nine, and you could still come back. Like, because, you know, there's three of them. And if you knock all three of them out with some coordination, you can do it. Um, I've seen lots of games where, you know, one team will be really <clears> far <throat> ahead. And then the score will swing back the other way. Because it's quite balanced in this weirdly unique way. Um, and I think I that lends itself. Oh, you yeah. can keep going. Oh, no. So, like, it has a couple of different modes. I haven't experienced too many of them. They're not the greatest or most inventive but once you're like in a game and you're playing, it's 3v3, you then just get absorbed into that kind of like, oh, I'm moving around. You know, uh, you can like, one of the great things is you can use your dodge as a tackle. So you can tackle other players and knock the ball out of their hands. But the problem oh. is, by the time you're trying to jump and crank the dodgeball, they've already cooled down and then they tackle you. So then it becomes a case of, okay, well, when they try and tackle me, I'll jump over their head, pirouette, catch the ball, turn around, charge the dodgeball and throw it at them and hope they don't catch it. That's it's really pretty interesting. Um, um, so my, my question is, yeah. um, when you get, you said you have two hearts, so when yeah. you get hit, do you have a short invincibility period, or would you be able to have no, a no, scenario you, you where... Get, you so, <laughs> so if me and my buddy are both like, let's hit this guy, you yep. throw one, I throw one at the same time, it's boom, boom, they're gone. Pretty much, yes. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it, it, the game pushes for you to stay together. The idea because of you like can't, in you can't take somebody else, uh, you can't take somebody out by yourself if they have two hit points and you have a cooldown. And you have one. You, I mean, it just ends up being like those little mini standoffs, right? And it becomes yeah. dangerous because the longer those standoffs go on, the more the the more time the other team has to come and find their teammates, right? Because you can always see um, on the screen, kind of with these mini icons, where the other players are. Uh, the, your other teammates, but you can't see where the other players are uh, until they come into your line of sight, and then you can see the hearts above their head. Um, so you know where your teammates are, but you don't necessarily know if they're fighting against anybody right now. So it's a bit of like you can move really quickly towards them, but you might actually be walking into them being on themselves, and then the other team is behind you, and you've not noticed this whole time. Um, 
but it's really great because it comes this thing where once you've got a ball you would just like in mario kart you know when you'd have a green shell and you just hold it behind you for defense yeah. like you would pick up a ball regardless because you just want that defense because you become like oh people don't want to mess with him he's got a ball right i'm gonna find someone else who maybe doesn't have a ball um it's really yeah i mean i'm really surprised because it feels really good the controls are really responsive and it creates this interesting, I think, accidental, like, metagame of faking people out and, like, you know, yeah. reading them and, you know, trying to, like, throw the ball, catch it, throw the ball, and it becomes, like, quite responsive. Um, you you want you gotta wonder, like, how deliberate all of this is. Or did they just simply make a couple of mechanics they thought would make good movement and that just I think they, happened to let everything Yeah, I think they, proto they must have prototyped it and stuff like EA. that. And they will have had... It's like a service game. Like this looks like it had a well, budget. That's, so that's the other thing is it unfortunately has everything that comes with an online game, which is it has daily goals like hit one thousand balls, catch ten fucking giga balls, whatever the fuck, oh, right? Drink has all three that verification like cans. Yeah, you know, download six EA friend packs, right? You know, like that kind oh, of gar no. garbage uh, in it. Um, but it comes tied to the fact that. You get customization through it, and you can customize these horrid-looking characters. Um, and then you can also buy them a la Fall Guys, like costumes and stuff like that. Th that model also like demands fair and balanced multiplayer gameplay that can last forever too. So ah, in so a way, like yes, so that's the one yin thing and the yang. Highlight they they do highlight in the store that all of these are cosmetic and have no effect on gameplay whatsoever. So I actually do appreciate that. Um, I think the game's ugly as hell, so nobody's gonna ever buy any. Yeah, I mean, it must be an acquired taste if you're spending money on this thing. <laughs> um, but kids. to be fair, you can customize almost every yeah. aspect. Hair, glasses, trousers, outfit, fucking voice, icon. Oh, I, I also forgot to mention, because I don't use it that often, but if you double tap A, so you don't double jump, so you can jump with A, but then you can use the other buttons for the double jumps. If you actually press A again, you'll have like a Breath of the Wild style glider. Oh. So then you'll glide. So if you jump off a high platform, you can glide towards things that are further in the distance, but you can also glide, then jump with the double jump, then dodge to gain distance, double jump again, and then use the glider. Like it's infinite almost. It's oh, really, wow. really freeing. Um, I found that the movement sounds broken. The, pretty much, but it doesn't give you an advantage because when you're gliding, you're like a free target. People just throw balls oh, at you while you, you're you, in the you air, right? You can't throw an I see. That, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can throw balls, but then you'll cancel the glider, right? So you have to yeah. sort of manage these things, right? Once you choose to do an action, you are at the whims of people potentially targeting you, right? If only you win um, in a slow motion when you uh, hit the L2 button. Yeah. So it's all great because there are so many different like little mechanics that you just intuitively understand, right? What if somebody throws a ball at me, but I throw a ball at the their ball at the same time, right? Well, the balls hit each other, right? So they're not negative. Even though it's kind of like an auto-targeting system, you can like do different... What if I dodge behind a wall as somebody throws a ball at me? Well, it'll hit the wall and I will have cancelled that shot, right? Um, there's other stupid things like if I dodge into a wall I'll get like dazed for a couple of seconds so if I try to like furiously grab a dodgeball but it's too close to the wall I'll smack myself into the wall and then the opponent will get the ball and then just knock me out immediately 
so there's a lot of these like intricate things that subconsciously you think should work because that's how they would in real life and they do and you don't even know you don't even notice it you just like absorb that information immediately because it's just um, so it's just so simple that you just look at it it just makes sense right away yeah just look at you just, and that's that's a credit to that game design like how freeing they've yeah. made it they could have limited the movement uh you know you could have you know they've designed these levels and they're kind of boring i've got to admit but you almost just ignore them because it's almost like you're like yeah there's surplus to requirements that and i kind of think they understood that so they didn't put that much effort into the stages I'm not saying they haven't put effort in game devs please don't kill me but you know <laughs> it's that it is clearly more focused on the mechanics and the yeah stages. exactly right yeah. it's secondary to the fact that players could literally just glide past four of your platforms because there's unnecessary yeah. need to land on them only to get like stable ground to throw your ball right um they should make some really fun levels because it feels like that is a system that can make for some like really fun maps. I'd be interested to see you play it because, of course, you play so many platformers, right? And that kind of I love games about themselves. movement. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, and you know, not you're... even just platformers. Like I like snowboarding games too because it's all about movement, like the way you board Excellent. cars through the snow, like anything that feels away. I like that. So that's the thing is like I think this game combines something that is kind of uniquely fun. Like it's a it's a I almost think of it as more like Splatoon because it's taking on an interesting form of online competitive multiplayer. It yeah. doesn't feel like a shooter. It reminds me a bit of like Quake Arena, uh, fast movement, trying to pick up weapons that help you, and also all then, the trappings you know, of a shooter without shooting. <laughs> yeah, exactly, without shooting people. Um, the downsides are levels are quite bland. The characters look like piss, and gotta admit. It has like this radio DJ that talks to you, kind of like oh, what reminds okay. me of like Sunset Overdrive or something. Is and it like he... Sprint Vector where the radio guys crack in jokes you don't find funny every two seconds? Yes, and also okay. he just talks to intro the games and then they kind of just don't use him. It's kind of pointless. It really doesn't make any sense to me. And also the music is like they've set it by default to like volume one and you can barely hear it. And also it's like the most... Think of, like, a really bad Jet Set Radio and a really bad Tony Hawk soundtrack, right? Where it'd be, like, that kind of it's fresh trying to funk, be bad, but graffiti, like, yeah. um, oh, damn, urban. Like, you know, like... Look how funky, fresh we are. Yeah, kind we of, yeah. How to be. Like, but it's the most droll, boring-ass music ever. It's yeah. so, it's so, not even bad, it's just boring and droll and it's set to one like they like kind of embarrassed about it <laughs> so, so they turned it right down so they turned it right down and it's kind of <laughs> like weird because a... then you play the game and it's really exciting and furious but it almost feels a bit lifeless i'm, I'm just You're imagining like, yeah. how many problems in video games could be solved if there was a button next to the music slider that like launches spotify in the game or... <laughs> Well, you can do that on Xbox, oh, right? You God. can play Spotify while you're playing games, right? So, and it does make well. some yeah. games legitimately better. Like, like some is... games do get better with without their own music on them. And I remember the yeah, Xbox 360 program just a. Most games are programmed just to mute the music. I, that's actually how I I needed to record like Persona Five sound effects for a video, 
and I couldn't get the sound effects to play without the music, but I just loaded up Spotify and played a song that was just nothing to get rid of the music, so just the sounds would play. That's, a, that, that's really fucking smart. Well done. I, I, I felt like a wizard. I, I, he is kind of wizardish. When when I was playing the Elder Scrolls games, I would always make a like 30-minute silence track and put that in the music folder, so every now and oh. then they would rotate through just 30 minutes of chill-out time, or 30 I really seconds. I like that. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, I think more games a, should a good lean trick. into that. To be honest, yeah. Um, like, why like would players, does, like, especially certain games? What about like city builders? You know, like, what if they had like plugins that were just like load in your Spotify? And I mean, you can do it anyway. But Unreal Tournament, I, I think it would make two thousand four had had a, a f. You pressed F eleven in an actual in-game media player with a folder browser, and volume slider and an equalizer was was built into the game for you like they knew you were going to be playing that to, to ramstein albums instead of the <laughs> dude that's what knockout city could fucking do with some fucking do host to be honest <laughs> seriously um so i found myself playing a lot of games in a row but i didn't necessarily find myself immediately wanting to come back when i booted up the xbox right but when i did and i played it i would play like 10 to 15 games in a row because you can just switch to that thing like instantly on that on yeah that exactly right even with you know the instant response thing i always forget the name of it i can't remember why but yes the best feature of that console um it's the reason i want one it's so good fuck it. like all these people talking about returnal and the problem with returnal like that shit would be solved if you had it on xbox right? oh yeah yeah like, resume wasn't Nobody's it quick resume? Quick, quick resume yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah quick resume it, honestly, it's revolutionary that feature. I will that tied with Game Pass is like heaven. Trust me. Um, but yeah, it, I, so I think right now, I think until the end of this weekend, it's on a free trial. It's called like Block Party, and they're trying to get as many people to play it and then buy it as possible. It's pretty cheap. I think it's only like it's less than twenty dollars for the full game, which I think for an EA release is a record, right? Um, but honestly, if you're interested check it out play a couple of matches give it like a game or two to get the controls down like they're fairly simple i think people will really enjoy it i think i've seen a lot of people on twitter like journal games journalists and stuff be surprised by actually how good it is um yeah i feel like that's uh the ea originals label has been a lot of like i'm very Mm. surprised at how good this is yeah definitely they did um it takes two was that under that same thing that's a new new joseph ferris game I have yes. that, and my, my girlfriend and I really want to play that, but we haven't started it yet. You you absolutely should play that game. That's it seems like the game you want to play with a romantic partner. Oh, yeah, you just want to play that game anyway. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> so I really liked A Way Out. I thought that was that was like a very quirky, fun ride, and, you know, the ending was just very, okay, uh, that's that's very cool. So, so George you know, liked that one, but Matt hated that one, but Matt loves It Takes Two, so. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. So 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 thousands upon thousands of years ago, um, um, <laughs> sports were video games' ancient ancestor. Uh, they the, were. The gradually turned into Knockout City on Liam's list here. Uh, I, I also am. Dude, am... I'm, I'm throwing it out there as a guy who made a pseudo sports game and might be making one now. Honest to God, sports are the best things to turn into video games. Arcade sports, anyway, because you are literally taking what is a the most solid defined rules structure 
that is understandable by everybody and you're just making it better and adding to it over right? yeah. I, 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 I'm sorry I didn't mean to enter it fuck uh. <laughs> honestly if you could jump in real dodgeball and then do a double jump how fucking brilliant would that be so so yeah I, if I could jump and segue <laughs> that jump and do a double jump oh George over over the thousands of years that it has taken for sports to turn into video games, I am of the opinion that bardic storytelling gradually turned into RPG and tabletop gamings and interactive storytelling. I'm really interested in this other game on Liam's list called An Airport for Aliens Ran by Dogs because I love Excuse weird me? games with weird stories and weird production values. And and as as much as I can appreciate a good fantasy <laughs> sports game, this stuff like this is really is 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 my jam. The 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 George game here. This this mm. airport for aliens okay. ran by dogs definitely looks like a potential George game. When I uh, when I Google this, I was expecting the same thing as Monkey Game, where that's not actually what it's called. No, that's I was what not it's expecting called. This to be what it's called. An airport <laughs> for aliens, aliens currently run, run by, by dogs. dogs. So I have to I have to really preface this with saying, bit of pseudo gamergator here. This is a game created oh, by a very no. good friend of mine, Selvia Nelson, who also wrote Hypno Space Outlaw. So George. Oh oh okay. So it's a yeah, conflict so, of interest. I thought you were gonna say it's not really I'm not a game. It's a con I'm not saying it's conflict of interest because I've actually played the game and I have thoughts about it. But I must admit, I. Zelvier is a very good friend of mine, so I want this game to do very well. Anyway, I talk to him on Discord about game design all the time. I've known about this in development for a long time. But it came out the other day. It was very hyped up because, as you can imagine, it's quite meme-y. Yeah, it, looks, it looks very cute silly. and weird. A lot, and a lot of physics objects memorable. Uh, fumbling around the screen. Yes. Oh, oh, this so, looks game jammy. This looks homemade. It's, it's very that. And, but it comes with that je ne sais quoi of someone like... Zelvia Nelson, who's one of the most talented people I know in the world. He's so smart. Um, the dialogue in it is everything. Everything else is a surface substance that just exists to serve his dialogue. And I think that's why you should play it, because it's hilarious. You look at it and you're like, what the fuck is this? Uh, everything is a JPEG dog, uh, but the dogs have incredible names like Pedog, <laughs> I can't even say it. Pedogistrian, <laughs> like every, like all the NPCs are called pedestrians, Pedog but pa pedogistrian. <laughs> <laughs> and you have dog types. So uh, you have like cabinet dog, who is a dog who sells you cabinets, and you have bribe dog. <laughs> and <laughs> when you walk up to bribe dog, bribe dog's like, "You saw my name. You know what I want. <laughs> Give me the money." <laughs> It sounds very jazz punky. Yes, it's yeah. Very so, yeah, it's definitely so, in the so, same so, vein. So, as yeah, is, is gameplay just just walking simulator type? Yeah, no, type it's experience? yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's one of those things where it's like, Donk one asking simulator. I like calling you, them look around and do stuff games. It's it's less of that. It's the dialogue is witty and funny and like, but it's. The idea is you're in these airports, right? And there are different airports, and it's meant to give you the feeling of trying to find your I, flight. I'm right? sorry, oh. the title they say an airport. I, I, I'm getting. I'm just gonna Wait, play for yeah. one hour and fifty nine minutes, and immediately <laughs> get a refund from from your good friend. Because <laughs> so, there's more than one airport, and the title right, is so an. That's, 
So already what if failed. That's, what yeah. if that's the twist and Liam just spoiled it? Oh shit! Maybe. It's postmodern. I mean, you, you get you get to the second airport pretty fucking fast. <laughs> so I um, Damn. But the idea is that you're trying to find your flight in an airport, right? But the great thing is, and this is the fucking brilliant part is you're a human but you're like in space and all of the airport boards like all the like <laughs> departures boards and even your plane ticket is all written in an alien language that you have to decipher by walking around with this alien language on a boarding pass trying to find this is absolutely yeah, this is something yeah. that always could have been turned into a game is getting lost in a foreign airport Yes. No. That is exactly Holy what shit. it's trying to Hell do. Hell yeah! I'm doing that in real life. I want to do this in this. Dude, that reminds me. So I, when I came to Japan, of course, everything fucking sucked, and I couldn't read anything. But it's so funny how I learned that I'd progressed so well to understand. Because then I went to Korea after living in Japan for three years, and I looked at everything in Korea, and I was like, Oh my god, I am such a baby. I have no idea what I'm doing. This is awful. But yeah, no, it's that same feeling. You literally walk around with a boarding pass that has alien language mm-hmm. on it. You have just tools. To and you, yeah. You, and you, you have a it. verb list. There's environmental storytelling when you're lost in a foreign airport. Yeah. <laughs> and you just then walk up to departure boards also written <laughs> in an alien language with times on it. And you are like looking up and down. And you're like, wait, is God, that, is that squiggly alien symbol so the same as this my one? Alley. It's this a good only, experience. It has twenty bucks. Yeah. How long it, is it? Um, not. To, I haven't quite finished it yet, but you definitely get like a couple of hours out of it, like three or so hours, maybe. Well, I think. what I, what I'm getting is if it's longer than four hours, I don't want to play it. How long to be? <laughs> well, no, no, no. Dot com yeah, does not have this. Uh, they yeah, no one knows how long it is right now. There's no. Cons- so there are a couple. That, of, that website's never accurate. I don't want to caveat like it's perfect, but there are a couple of problems. It's of course not the most stable game in the world the controls are a bit all over the place i've already personally complained to zelvia about the fact that (laughs) moving forward with the left and right stick with the left stick and movement is faster than moving your like camera left and right and there's no way to change it and it it it's stupid so zelvia fix it also (laughs) there are just some other broken like funny hilarious shits like you can sprint in the game by clicking in the left stick but it's so like broken that you can't hold it and your character will just stop running after a certain period and it's like okay and then you have to click the stick back in and run um this dumb shit like you know you know like mechanics like that yeah 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 it's kind of like that and you know like um and i don't know if this this is the thing about zelvia's games i don't know if it's on purpose or not like there's like you know like the airport um like speedy i don't know what they're called what are they called like you can walk faster you know covered you like, stand to, the convey the the jetsons conveyor belt yeah yeah essentially airport, but you yeah. can walk on them and you walk faster, right so you yeah. can get through terminals quite quickly right yeah, well yeah, in that game long. airports have speed boosts well, yeah <laughs> on that in this game if you drop stuff on it they just don't move <laughs> they just oh. revolve refund but if you but if you stand on it you also don't move. <laughs> oh. Double refund. But then, but then if you walk, you speed up really fast. And, and the oh. other thing is, if you come out of the other side of it, if you go back the way you came, you will also get the same speed boost instead of the friction pushing you in the opposite direction as it should. Uh, it's I, And I'm totally imagining it's on purpose in Zelvia's case. Like, it probably <laughs> worked perfectly and he was like, Nah, that's too real. Fuck it. Break it. And uh, he probably changed it personally to just fuck with people. 
Um, that sounds like something I would just play around with and try to break the game. Like, I'm the guy who, like, my girlfriend's like, James, what are you doing? Why are you jumping on this fence? Because I'm playing bug snacks. I'm trying to figure out how to get on top of the roof of this yeah. house you don't need to get up to instead of playing the game. The I, try to, I try to see how well their memory... Uh, I know a lot about Unity memory issues, and I know the game is made in Unity, so I was wondering how well their memory issues optimization was, so I literally hammered on the, like, soda, like, the vending machine thing, and it just keeps spawning soda cans, like, and oh, you just no. keep doing it, and you can just oh, keep doing no. it, and you can do it with an ATM and just keep spawning money, like, constantly, it's great. Do they start despawning it at a point? No, they just keep so building it. So just up. crash the game if I'm... Yeah, I was trying to do that, but like all the soda cans were like piling up in front of it so they wouldn't come out. So all the soda cans were just inside of the vending machine, clipping in and out of the sides of the vending machine. <laughs> <laughs> God. So the dialogue is really funny. Everything is based around dogs. You There's a pet the dog button. You can pet every dog in the game. Of course. Um, you ha- that's, that's even even right. better. And I think this is... And I was so surprised. I'll, I'll, like, I'll refund my refund then. So the, the, <laughs> the one... <laughs> every dog is voiced by Zelvier in what? sound effects. So... <laughs> <laughs> like if you pet a dog it's like petting a dog it'll be like woo, 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 woo. <laughs> it's very clearly a human being <laughs> petting there's the some, dog there's something very charming about knowing it's just one guy making it's all great. these sounds like, like wasn't yeah, that I'm isn't like, that what grant kirkhope did for dk64 he just made all those monkey sounds oh but they were pitch shifted so you couldn't tell they're pitch yeah. yeah they're not yeah. in this like, uh, so like this when is you even open... funnier because i'm assuming they're not <laughs> when you open an atm and stuff it's like cheek <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just some Somebody doing noises <laughs> and because i know zelvia's voice i can tell it's him it's so funny oh that's um, gonna be weird like your friend's voice coming out of that thing. oh it's brilliant right. imagine brady making sound effects for a game that is literally kind of what it's like oh, you'd recognize yeah, that, it oh my god i would love that honestly i want to i want to mod games and just replace Dude, the voice actor. I have, uh, you, could prob- you could probably mod the sound effects in this game today i've i've used mouth sound effects for videos and people like really get a kick out of that it's it's brilliant and like the fact that somebody's done it in a professional game that microsoft is promoting <laughs> on their twitter just to me is like the ultimate of indie games wait is, is like, this on I more mean, than just steam it's on xbox it's on xbox it's promoted by microsoft right now it's on xbox Yo. it's on pc As they should be and it's on ps4 like what this is on ps4 i'm buying this on ps4 i'm not buying the pc version i hate my computer <laughs> i can't i can't believe I... computers are for work not for games yeah, no, I'm just, I'll, I'll uh, just, just sit you down in a big Acer Gamer chair and, and <laughs> get you some nice hot chocolate and hook up the 4K <laughs> HDR monitor to some some Subnautica or something. We'll, 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 we'll get for, you in I remember, I remember the first time I played a PC game in 4K. It was Deus Ex Human Revol- Revolution, and the HUD was really small, and it pissed me off, and I stopped playing <laughs> God damn it! You, you can make that stuff. You gotta go into the Notepad file. Look for the I and I Control F for HUD scale. You just change a number and then you're good. But I would rather figure out analog video signals at a frame meister to upscale them. Those That's are like to me. I but those are hundreds of dollars, and and they're you know they're out of stock. You gotta like go through hoops to get the hardware. Yeah, I would never. I would. I would have never been able to justify buying one of those if it wasn't for work. You really they have a frame meister? Oh my god, yeah. Yes, right you would, wouldn't you? Barry has one as well. Yeah, Both no, like, bo- a lot of people I know do. I have it, uh, I think about it's it. just right there. I can't really see it, but... 
I have like SCART <laughs> like cables for every single old console. I have SCART cables for my Sega Saturn. That's pretty dope. Yeah, it's fun. So what are you, what are you playing? Not enough of me talking about Dogs and Dodgeball, which would well, be I... a great game, by the way. Yeah, Dogs and Dodgeball. <laughs> um, I have Dodgeball. Well, I just a Dodgeball. Dodgeball. I, I have. I have been playing. Well, actually, I just finished Resident Evil Eight. I don't know if yes. you boys played that one. Yeah, dads rather. Literally one episode ago, had Matt and Liam talking spoilers on it, and I, 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 oh. I am gonna wait to see if some VR thing happens, either officially or unofficially. Yeah, because it's still not in VR. I thought it would be, but right, because last game. But do you think after finishing yeah. it, you could play that in VR? You think Seven about some in of the VR sections is in it? one of my favorite experiences I've had with a game, and Eight not being in VR at launch was just kind of odd. Do you, do you, but considering now you've played through it and some of the sequences you experienced, do you think some of them would translate into VR quite well? Because I don't think they would. Oh, that's actually a good question. Because you know what? There is like way more actiony stuff in that game. There's a lot I think of about that one boss around. fight at the mill, and there's no way you could do that in VR. No, I don't think so. They might have to pull you back and have you looking at just the, the big theater screen for that one like they do with mm. cutscenes. There's also third-person cutscenes in this game. Because it's not just Ethan. Chris is in the game, and sometimes it goes in third person to show a Chris cutscene. Oh, Very okay. strange, I thought that was. Yeah, I was um, wondering about that. Because Ethan's yeah. supposed to be like Shadow Man, like and officially. When it's, in third person, when it's in third person, Ethan is still Shadow Man. You just conveniently yeah, you never, never see, see his, his face. head. It's like, it's the, like it's the lady from Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> Her head's just conveniently off screen at all times. He's shy. He's real shy. That's, that's all. That's part of uh, what I loved so much about Resident Evil 7 is like Resident Evil 8, I felt like I couldn't decide if it was campy or not. And Resident Evil 8 oh. just feels so genuinely campy. Like they're taking themselves seriously in a way that does still feel a little bit tongue in cheek. Like the way yeah. Ethan, I'm sure oh, this okay. gets brought up every time people talk about this, but the way Ethan's arm gets chopped off, which isn't <laughs> scary anymore because we saw this happen four times in the previous game but now he just dumps a bunch of liquid on it and just puts it on and then like the, sh the shirt he's wearing connects and everything too and he's like all right <laughs> um no i thought i was like laughing and smiling at these parts and i felt like that was intended in a way yeah. this time around it really felt like that um i felt like this game was just probably well, I, I'm not really the biggest Resident Evil fan. I never really played the old, old ones. But anything like 7 and 2 Remake, I'm a big fan of. Um, and oh, they're just all like a, good. I mean, yeah. like, like th th that's a whole series where, like, every installment is at oh. least going to be good. Yeah. It's just uh, I was one of those guys that played Silent Hill 1 before Resident Evil 1. Yeah. And playing tank control games for the first time with strafe buttons and then going to a game that doesn't have strafe buttons made it really hard for me to get into it but I do owe myself to play the original trilogy sometime but based on my experiences like I've beat 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 in the 2 remake and based on that I can say I think 8 is probably one of the most like well-rounded well-balanced it, it yeah, has the apart elements from of horror the, yeah I agree like I've had a couple of discussions <clears throat> now since apart from the factory I feel like the pace of that game is fantastic I thought the factory was great it was. It's like an hour long. It barely takes that much time to get through, and they introduce I... some really fun enemies to. So that's fight. the thing the is, I think was really fun. if you think about the game as like ten hours, I think I finished it in ten hours, right? Uh, was, um, yeah, around the same much for me. An hour of that is ten percent of that entire game, and you're in that one space entirely. I don't think any other area of the game constrains you into that type of space for longer than a certain time, even what if about you're the like dollhouse in the area. I don't think that area. took an hour, right? And even then, it's manipulating, like, 
light and stuff like that even in the castle yeah. you know you're moving through different areas that have different fields yeah, where the factory like is the, like entirely the same yeah the spooky part was really inventive with how it's like they make mm -hmm. you explore the area and then they cut off the lights and it seems like a different area but since you've explored yeah. this now that there's like stuff you have to avoid you don't have that temptation to explore the environment because it is one you've already explored and it does a great job because in that area, it asks you to like sprint away from something, right? But yeah. You've subconsciously it, learned. Dude, like, the moment the game's like, you have no inventory for this part. I'm like, okay, so this is scripted and there's no enemies. And I walk forward. <laughs> yeah. And it was an amazing <laughs> sensation. I've never had a Resident Evil game scare me before, and that was the first time. <laughs> That's a good sentence. <laughs> the like the the closest Resident Evil's come to scaring me because like I come off of Silent Hill in my teenage years. You, you played you know, I played like psychological horror stuff, it, so like zombies doesn't scare me at all. You, it's goofy cartoon you, stuff. You've also like mostly played the the action oriented Aries instead of the more horror oriented yeah. ones. Yeah, I guess yeah, that that, that yeah, section so. is easily the scariest the, the, part. It reminds me of the first time I saw the regenerator pop out of the fucking cooker in re4 when I yeah was well a see kid. and well, the thing is everyone always talks about how scary the regenerators are but when i played re4 as a teenager it was like oh that's a big enemy don't want to get killed by him and that's all i really thought about it <laughs> you didn't think about cool. why they're smiling why they no, make that noise I was, a, I was i was a 14 year old i didn't know how to think yet yeah, i just thought but, things looked but cool. when you're like 14 you think there's some cool blood magic that explains it instead of the developers thinking it looks cool dude he was a hardcore like he was shit talking peanut butter gamer online there's no way he'd be scared <laughs> no i know what's that it's because it's because he was a silent hill kid yeah that's 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 <laughs> yeah that's, that's true that's i mean once reason. you played silent hill one and two and you were like yes no Resident Evil will be scary. That, it's yeah, especially when when you're a teenager, you're getting into horror because you want the cheap thrills of being scared. And if a game doesn't scare you, like you know, I'm fifteen pussy. year old I'm me is honestly, like, this, this game's not scary. I want a scary horror game. Resident dude, Evil I'm terrible. I'm I'm banned with horror. But there was something like about eight, and it did like give me like the creeps. I think in the beginning of that game, especially like you're a bit tense. Like there's a lot of tense yeah. when you enter the village for the first time. And that is really tense. Um, it's not necessarily scary, but it's definitely tense. But the pace of that game keeps you going. And, yeah. like, you don't really have a moment. It is in the dollhouse, like, kind of way you're like, uh-oh. Because the pace of this game is pretty quick. I know I have to react to whatever's going to happen. Yeah. But it's, like, trying to calm me down. And you're like, uh-oh. God, and like, I think the the village itself was just such a good like kind of hub area to keep coming back. And every time is a different time of day. You see it go from like yeah, uh, like it's mid all like you go yeah. from early morning to noon to golden hour uh, to night. Um, everything is like goes from being on fire to the flames are out when you come back. And it not only does that keep it being visually interesting, but like you keep coming back with more equipment to keep finding more stuff there. Um, like for example, I got stuck on the uh, the big uh, water monster boss guy who's breaking all the the wood villagey stuff. Yeah, the guy. The I, yeah, I, it's such a because I played on hardcore my first playthrough. I usually do a survival oh, horror games um, just because I find them too easy if I don't do that. And Hell yeah, gamers! I could. I got. Well, it's my favorite genre. That is I what I do too, games. though, because yeah. Okay, right. You know, on. You I know. I know played games for twenty years. Much, you start to the yeah, game. Exactly. The game I know. is very easy. Point and George, click on bad you're very, guys. Uh, you're a European extreme kind of guy, um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I forgot what I was talking about. 
The game is very um, easy, so I understand. I Oh yes, the, the fish boss, the fish boss, sorry. Um I found out I was able to get a rocket launcher before I got to that, and if I just felt the need to explore more, that boss would have been easier. And that's a cool thing that's like now I know for next playthrough I'll look for that grenade launcher first or whatever weapon it yeah. was. Yeah. A lot of little things like that just gives you a lot of incentive to explore. I, I was just reminded from that conversation how intense a lot of the animosity between the Silent Hill and Resident Evil fan bases used to be back in the days. And over the <laughs> years, they've coalesced into the same fan base who just love yeah. old Japanese wacky horror games. And it reminds me of the debate between uh, Chaos, that Splinter Cell, and Metal Gear Solid. And Final and Fantasy and Dragon yeah. Quest had a bit of that too. And it really just reminds you of how... How much the uh, the competition and the marketing drives us apart when really we all like the same stuff together. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> no, no, for sure. It's it's interesting how like perception of things change because everybody is so in love with their own interests. They want to like defend them and argue why they're the better ones. But you know, as you kind of broaden your horizons, it's like, well, I'm not interested in Silent Hill. I'm interested in horror. What else is there to this? There's things that do different things with that, and once you kind of yeah. realize that, then you can start having interesting conversations with people that have consumed yeah. like, different horror media, when, and then you, yeah. When I was a kid, there would be Silent Hill fans and, and Resident Evil fans. Now that I'm an adult, there's just like horror video game fans that yeah. have the niche of Japanese horror that's the umbrella for both of them. The 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 division between different franchises of the same genre is something that's totally fizzled out that with the the yeah. competition and the and I'm uh, I'm sure a lot of it is these games have existed for so long that these people have had enough time to go through all the fodder in the series they loved and there's nothing left there and they're just you know they're just gonna have to explore more than that if they want to keep having new experiences yeah because mm. one of the franchises will die from the competition it'll go the way of Splinter yeah. Cell or uh, Silent Hill Silent Hill mm. yeah yeah. No, like it's a on yeah, any series really alive at this point. Capitalism. Your company either succeeds well enough to produce crap for the landfill or fails along the way. Or you have uh, the Fortnite effect where you just own properties that are iconic and you don't even have to make games anymore. Oh. Just license these popular characters out to uh, people that'll make you money for you. I think Fortnite's reached the landfill stage with all the like V-Bucks cards you see in retail shops. Yeah. Yeah, if you're if you're like well enough to be mass producing something that can sustainably not do anything other than go to the landfill, your company's going to be good for a few years. <laughs> um we don't have a lot of time for the news. Uh and most of the topics happening this week, I didn't find too insanely exciting, but I really went back and forth on on one of these three. Um Let's, uh, I'm going to ask you guys to pick a poison super duper fast, extremely fast discussion, which might actually be good if we pick the one that so fascinated me. Um, do we want to talk <laughs> about the Switch Pro, uh, Uncharted 4 getting ported to PC, or the Hot Tub metagame going on on Twitch? Hot Tub metagame. The Hot Tub time machine. You, okay. How, I did, how many times are you guys going to say a sentence that makes no sense to me? <sighs> Okay, when I was putting up the news outline, I kept going away from this one because it just seems so like like I hear Liam say this this sentence so much. Why do people care about this bullshit? And this is absolutely <laughs> like one of these cases. So, what's going on is uh, a lot of gamers are mad at sexy bikini babes on Twitch who are 
making a lot of money uh, uh, looking pretty on Twitch, right? <laughs> By exploiting the same people who hate them. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I I have so many questions about this mentality that, that I don't even... I don't remember going through this phase as a teenager. I... I'm just going to take a poll here. Uh, James, have you watched a hot tub streamer on Twitch? Yes or no? I've never really watched Twitch, period. Okay. okay, George, have you ever watched a hot tub streamer on Twitch? No. Okay, James, do you hate people who would stream on Twitch from a hot tub? I think that would be a funny idea. George, do you hate people who stream from a hot tub? Absolutely not. So we're all very normal human beings. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's just it would just be like a fun bit. Like, what's what's the problem? What is this bullshit? There, there are incidences of, of like like one of the girls apparently had some some episode of animal abuse. But by and large, my whole question here is like, who is being hurt? Right? Like, who is the victim when when sexy women are, are making some money from cheesecake? I think that Venn diagram of the people who complain about this kind of issue and the people who are watching it almost overlap entirely. It's almost like people just see headlines and they're like, oh, that's an excuse to be mad today. So True. so one of the, the, the more important questions that really digs into hopefully some more serious uh, uh, information that, that maybe feels like it has more stakes to us is like how platforms are going to be regulating their economy that's part of people's everyday jobs when the rules change all the time and the enforcement changes all the time partially because people have a financial incentive to min max and optimize how much money they're going to be making from these platforms and ultimately uh, what i see from this story is twitter is but her uh, twitch is but her that people exploited their meta and made money out of it. They wrote a blog post in which they said, being found to be sexy by others is not against our rules, and Twitch will not take <laughs> enforcement action against women or anyone on our service for their perceived attractiveness. Like, they literally went out and said, it's not against the rules to be sexy. So is that what it's about? Are people mad that she was sexy? Well, the characterization Wait, you commonly hear from the gamer outrage is that Twitch is turning into a softcore porn site dominated by these hot tub streamers. And yet every time when I go to, like, check it out myself and type in my browser bar right here while we're recording, I'm going to go to Twitch. I'll, uh, I don't see, I, I don't see bikini babes. So if I go to the... If I go to the just chatting category, it's still not happening. They added a new one, and it still doesn't look as bad as the gamers characterize it. Like, it's not... This is not softcore porn. Like, no. Even under the hot tub tag, there's no hot tub. So the reason this all spawned is kind of because Twitch has very, let's say, borderline sexist guidelines towards what women can wear on streams and stuff like that. And there was a unique... Oh, I feel like I've heard some of this And there was a passing. unique footnote or loophole, I believe, where if you were in a bathing costume or a bikini mm -hmm. because you were in a pool or something, right. that was okay. So what people started to do was they would literally stream in a bikini in a hot tub because it technically did not violate the rules. Well, that's hilarious. That is like, fuck the rules. I'm going to wiggle around this because I'm a genius. That's fun. It gets better. 
the girls who don't have hot tubs or or boys because some some men ended up capitalizing on this phenomenon as the story goes on as they should are are just setting up inflatable kiddie pools in their apartments <laughs> for yeah it. it's so good <laughs> in the middle of the room and that still counts as as uh what's the category pools hot tubs and beaches fucking brilliant it's so smart well so when are we gonna get a beach who's gonna bring their who's gonna be the first person to turn their apartment into a well, beach well james i've already seen your nipples so i'm gonna volunteer you and oh, and no, you joke you joke but the technology is there because now it's becoming a trend among the vtubers to uh <laughs> give themselves a hot tub background and and make a completely <laughs> non-sexual uh, well, they're not. I'm looking at one right now. It has 169 viewers, and he's it's so brilliant. It's just a, a picture of an anime man chilling in a hot tub with the feed next to him. But are they even getting around rules at that point? Like, are there rules for VTubers as well not being allowed to do that? I don't think so. I don't to... think they uh, discriminate. I, but you know, I don't know. Not neither of us are Twitch experts. This has just been a, a funny story to follow as the week has gone on, based on the official implementations twitch actually put put in place here the fact that they officially said something about it is really funny right right well i think the 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 i i think what's happened is that twitch have had to reevaluate allowing people to wear certain things on there yeah streets. because like discord they don't want to exclusively market for gamers because as it has turned out in the post gamergate world that's a poisonous thing to associate with gamers uh Chirp, chirp, chirp. Oh, yeah. It's an uncomfortable <laughs> reality to the way that, that multi-platform media companies are going to have to market themselves in the future now that there is years, entire years worth of baggage of, of harassment and doxing and swatting and an occasional shooting over a Madden tournament that is associated with that word gamer. Like, do these people think any of these actions would make this group look good? Like they, it's like they do it out of like we gotta defend our heritage as gamers, and it's well, you're just making everyone look bad. But they're also being really sex negative about it and acting like oogling sexy babes was never a part of of games in the first place. When like I remember the magazines in the '90s. The difference here is that the women are actually making money off of it and in control of it. I love the hustle. Do you remember the picture of a uh, Gex groping Laura Croft? I, I, I'm watching at one now that has four thousand viewers and. She's just building something in a pool, and her sub-goal is change bikini. <laughs> like, it's so brilliant. <laughs> who hustle. is being hurt? Like, assuming that people who are spending money on this have money to spend, I don't... I have a hard time trying to conceptualize <gasps> the, the victimizing oh, logic oh of God. the anger against this. If you, if you buy 10 subs to her channel, she'll write, her na write your name on her body. That is as bad a deal as many other things the gamers will far more openly. I no, because because uh, I respect yeah, this I, hustle. Like this is uh, this is great. Well done. I mean, honestly, in a world where a world designed for people to f make their way by fucking other people's over, it's fair game. Totally fair game. Oh, it's a volleyball net. She's building a big volleyball net. <laughs> Good on just you. found his new favorite hobby. Yeah, yeah, you know, so long as as there's uh, a, a a a a glove and a baseball next to the bat you keep in your in your car for protection, your lawyer really really likes that. Yeah, make it look like you're up to something else, kids. Um, 
when you're making your hot tub stream on Twitch, and then you're good. You're you're clean. How, you're so, legal. You know, like usually you'd stream. For some reason, there's like this, you know, idea that streams need to be a certain length, right? Let's say three hours average, right? Like, you'd be pretty fucking pruned by the end of this stream. Like, I would my my paws, my fingers, and my toes would be like shriveled, fucking. Like old man yeah, hands. But, uh, by by the end, I I'd finished three hours of streaming inside. I of mean, a hot that's tub. that's the labor. Think of how many hours they spend doing boring workout routines in the gym for this stuff. Like being a sexy girl <laughs> on the internet does take a lot of hours out of your life besides the ones you actually spend clocking in front of the camera. Well, there's clearly a lot of self maintenance there. You gotta, you don't you don't just get that. No, like that's a real thing. That like actually is a. A part of the the economic discussion over this like they they will a lot time and money for the gym routine and the skincare routine and yeah like it's not it is not something that that passively that's the thing that is the anger it's the assumption that it's an easy thing to do that is where a lot of this anger comes from isn't it guys i see yeah yeah it's gotta be yeah that yeah it, it is it is the Misplaced assumption rage that women can can do this extremely freaking easily to little to no consequence and that is not the reality of the situation they suffer scrutiny from their family and you know these fans themselves on top yeah. of uh, all the other harassment bullshit that they have to put up well, with on takes, top of logging hours in the gym yeah. for the the it other takes a lot aspects of bravery involved. to do something like that to begin with because if you're just doing that at all you're just already open to being harassed just because of the the culture and we were just talking about how the way you market yourself as an internet personality sticks for like decade if not longer so yeah. like they are willingly like signing up for all the bullshit that's going to come with that you are you're signing up for a smell that will never go away and there will always be people that still smell that so i believe that the anger comes from a, a yes somewhat misogynistic assumption easy. that yeah. this is easy for them why will no one watch my fat body in a swimming pool and pay you me didn't put in the work liam that's true i haven't even purchased a hot tub therefore uh. i'm already out of the game i wonder which one's more expensive a really fucking great pc gaming rig that you need for streaming or purchasing a hot tub that is a legitimate question. I'm sure <laughs> some rich people have actually had to make the decision like that before. <laughs> I got to admit, most of these are inflatable that I've seen so far. Um, hmm. So the the costs are cut in some way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the hustle. Good. Good on them. All right, let's do some questions. Uh, I think we got time for two questions, and the first one here is a real good one. Um, we take questions at dadandsonspodcast at gmail.com, as well as our Patreon listener questions channel, which always gets a spot in these segments. Uh, so yeah, first up, Dan Z. Kind of sort of directly related to all the bullshit you got to put up with when you openly market your femininity as a woman on the internet. Hello, dad and sons. One thing I've been thinking about is how I don't really notice games by solo female devs. They don't get talked about like the ones made by solo male devs. Why is this the case? I wonder why. Because I legitimately um, can't think of the names, but I have been at events where I have seen, like, a, a single female dev standing next to a booth of her game, yeah. but I cannot remember the name. You don't see stories like that 
or at least not in whatever way would cause it to stick with me. I would suspect Liam might know some names, but I can't, like, I'm ashamed I don't know any names. I know uh, uh, her username is Night Margin made one shot, but she's not like a solo developer. But uh, that's like all I can. So, th- so that's the thing I want to talk about first, and this is not to in any way degrade anybody's work and stuff like that. There are cases out there, but I've talked about this openly on the show. Most games are not developed by one person. Yeah. Very, very, very rarely. Very because rarely. Because that's, that's the only reason I can't think of any examples, because I can't think of any games really there, actually made by so one there are, person. Yeah, so there are plenty of games that are led by uh, women developers. Uh, let's think about Omori, right, James? Right, yeah. the creator of Omori. Omokat, is, yeah. Is a woman, yeah, Omokat, who is, you know, uh, the lead developer and the creator of huh. that. But she you know? had other programmers and people to make the music. Exactly. There's so a that's lot of coordination the thing. there. So when we talk about, we can talk about this question, but I don't want to say solo developer because that is so very, very rare. Um, but we can talk about why are not, uh, why are certain teams that are led by women um, not talked about as much, right? I think probably one of the biggest successes has got to be Ooblets, right? Um, which is, you know, that's two people for the majority but there are a couple but it is led by uh, I believe her name is Rachel um, who created Ooblets right that's maybe the one of the most famous but there is a distinct lack of this but in reality there isn't there are not anywhere near as many games as there are led and developed by men um, but you know there is plenty especially in Japan there's a lot of mm. indie Japanese creators uh, mm-hmm. you know women creators who are creating incredible games um, that don't get any, you know, press. Not that Japanese indie games tend to anyway, but you know, it makes it even doubly as hard mm-hmm. being a woman. I I um, feel like that's there are a lot if you look. Like like that was one of the memories in my head of like seeing the imagery of like the the comicette markets and how many yeah, women are think, involved yeah, in in the Japanese industry yeah. over the Western and one. J- mm. Japan, yeah, Japan and indie games is still a thing, right? That's kind of figuring its way, but yeah, the the female side of that is very there's plenty of them right um but in terms of international renown and what we think about with our games and we talk about like those indie creators we think of you know like oh vlam beer and we think about rami and we think about jw and then we think about like um all those other special indie creators think about toby fox and we think about these right but toby fox you know behind him is you know temi and then yeah. also my friend Sarah, who is like the programmer and the porter of these games, and then there's a studio behind that. And but it's always like these auteur, like indie creators, and, and you know, no game is solo developed, but there are there yeah. are now games that are led by women, and they should be as highlighted. You know, I think Ooblets is kind of the only one I feel has got that kind of attraction. Yeah, and uh, uh, again, I can think of Omori. Uh, that's kind of taking off, but definitely not with like big big numbers it's big for an indie game but it's definitely not like undertale yeah like omori's done for an indie game omori's done fucking brilliantly like let's let's not put into context that success compared to like an actual game because that is really successful maybe the word actual game if i said that is poor word no yeah but i know what you mean um But are there any interviews with Omicat or anything like that? Not really. There isn't. But any, I like... think a lot of that is Omicat doesn't have uh, much desire to have much of a okay. public. Okay. Oh, why do you think that is? 
Why right, not? right, why yeah, exactly. yeah. It's, it's the same reason that my girlfriend wants to be a Twitch streamer, but just won't because she's terrified of the reaction. Yeah, just for, yeah. You know, when you put yourself out there and you're a, a woman um, playing games, it's like, well, what do you know? You're, you're, you know, it's like, like as as a a male shit tier internet celebrity, that is a conversation you have <laughs> with people you're dating. Is is yeah. how much of of your arm do you are you gonna allow in the frame? Like. Like there, it's a real, <laughs> yeah. real thing. So long, it, it, once the girl slides in the frame, that is what Twitch chat talks about. Mm. Like immediately, right, right away. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. I yeah, mean, it, it, it's like it's really no wonder why it's such an intimidating world for that sort of person. Game. I mean, I've talked about it before. Game devs get a lot of shit anyway. Say, I, we've already talked about you know you guys and your jobs and the roles that you have right but like there's no uh barrier to purchase let's say in your kind of side of this world of making stuff right you put out content for free um and that kind of thing right yeah. whereas there's almost like a sense of ownership when you're a game dev people get angry because they paid for something and if they're not happy with it they're it's almost like the vitrolic nature is like doubled because yeah. they've been forced to pay for this mm. thing right which People work fucking hard to make. But imagine if you were then a woman, right? And then mm. it's like, oh my god, that dogpiling on top to just be like, well, no wonder this game's shit because you're a woman, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, it's awful. Yeah, but, and there's just so much more fodder you can bring up to hurt somebody. Yeah. But thankfully, in terms of, like, not actually, you know, teams led by women and solo developers, necessarily... Uh, if we talk about indie developers, but in terms of like the actual demographics for women getting into vi the video game industry and stuff, thankfully we are making big progress regarding that, and a lot of it is showing. It's still, of course, nowhere near where it should be. Uh, well, even you know, in even... Um, like the AAA world, um, I think it was Nintendo had its first female director with the new Animal Crossing game or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, son. Yeah. And that right there is a step. She has worked fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it that way. She is. I have not seen her in like God. three years. <laughs> it's just like so dis depressing for me to think about how the real life experience is so different from the internet experience when you dive into the deepest niches of game culture. Because that in real life is cons and expos and trade shows and Japanese yeah. arcades and weird Japanese video game stores and you see women in them all the time and then you go on the internet to the deepest niches of the gaming community Nobody's and you horrible see misogyny and hate and ridiculous yeah. bullshit that would never last more than three minutes in real life. No. Yeah. It's just like once you're so far away and disconnected and you're bulletproof, you can just unleash your arsenal of bullshit where like in real life you'd never do that. And, it's just and, there's social rules there. And in real life the internet doesn't have social rules. In real life you get visual confirmation that that really is a loud minority. Like yeah. like they are not in the same room like at all. Like you know, there's that old saying, there's there's no women on the internet, right? But then when you go to yeah. the real-life events connected to internet culture, they're there. They were there all the time. They just don't want to talk. Hmm, I wonder no, why. But, uh, girl, girl stands for guy in real life. Oh, I, that's a new one on me. <laughs> I, I, I have not heard that one before. Really? Yeah. That's, that's the one I always heard on the, the old RuneScape days. Uh, uh, I, was, uh, I was more of a Guild Wars 1 kid. Yeah, you're better off for it, and I turned out dumber. 
feel like we all have just by knowing about this stuff. Oh boy! Like uh, the, the amount of brain matter I could have used to like learn astrophysics, seriously. And I just filled it with GTA cheat codes instead. Seriously, <laughs> man. I worked on a GTA game and I still don't know any of those cheat codes. So yeah, I still I I can't tell it to you, but my fingers will just do the weapons oh, cheat yeah, for yeah, San yeah. Andreas. Yeah. Uh, That's weird, isn't it? Muscle memory. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, Liam, you got more time to shine here. Jack Y wants oh, no. to know how has Liam adopted the working culture in Japan? If certain ideas or protocols stood out, or uh, what font combination should I use for my resume? <laughs> <laughs> so actually, it's funny you say that because resumes in Japan, we have your your photo in the corner. Yeah, I forget what the word for. Know if you're a gaijin or not. Oh, you have to do some very specific things for that. So, yeah, you don't want to fuck that up because that's already the first barrier for getting through. Um, in terms of adapting to working culture in Japan, it's a bit like adapting to Japan. They're very in tandem, right? Japan, I think anybody who has a vision of it is a very hardworking. It's a, it's a very professionally obsessed country, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody mm. works really hard. There's no such thing as not having a job, right? Even like when you have cancer a... in the hospital. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it's about adapting to work, but it's about adapting to Japan. And I think I've d talked about this a lot uh, in the past, which is Japan is a place that you can't change. You have to get used to it and you have to adapt. And if you don't like it, then you will never survive here, right? And I think a lot of people come expecting Japan to be this paradise for them, but it's completely in yeah. tune because they well, can't... That... <laughs> They I can't hate people pull. that consume Japanese media and then go, I like Japanese culture. Yeah, it's completely When different. it's the trash pop culture, like it is their, <laughs> their Transformers movies that, that yeah. filters yeah. over. It's, that, it's the stuff that makes them money, and they know that. That's why they exploit <clears> it on you, and they make your money like they take it. They, they don't care about it themselves, right? But they know it makes money. It's soft power. It's brilliant. Um... Japan is being social. Japan is konbinis. Japan is cafes. Japan is beautiful hot days. And it is still an incredibly social country that runs on interacting with other human beings, right? And in Japan, that can be really fucking hard if you don't speak Japanese, right? So even though I don't speak very good Japanese, even a tiny bit making your... Um, making the effort is so important to show that you're trying mm -hmm. is really respect. Yeah, yeah they they love because, it if you can speak just a little. Well, because ironically, they think nobody can speak Japanese because the barrier of the amount of people who speak Japanese in this world that are foreign is so fucking low. So if you're at least showing that you can do it and you're adapting to the culture. And I, there are a couple of things I've definitely noticed about myself. One, I am far more patient than I ever was in the uk right really? i think about some of the stuff i will i will do i will wait in like i'm british people are known for queuing but this is nothing like <laughs> it in japan right it's like i will patiently wait for something for a lot longer than i would in in the west because it's just japan is about patience i'm also quieter i'm not as loud i don't eat out in public on the train i would never answer my phone like there are all these small things that make you kind of like a weird little robot sometimes but that's because that's what japan's like if i'm with somebody who is a foreigner in japan who is new to japan and they're like 
they just we get on the train and they start talking to me really loudly i'm gonna feel embarrassed and stick in you their, uh, in the chopsticks West, and the rice when you're oh my god don't yeah. like uh, uh what? like oh my god quite heard you know, that, but you guys can go on <laughs> <laughs> it's something you're not supposed to do yeah, yeah there are just these weird oh i thought you said somebody... way worse sorry what nothing gets in you what did you think i don't know what i thought Oh, George. I said chopsticks in rice. Oh. And and I only heard a bit of it, but, um... Chopsticks. Did you just hear the word rice and assumed I said something racist? <laughs> I don't know. No? I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> but if either of you... If either of you come to Japan and you eat next to me on a train, I swear to God, I'll slap you. Don't do it. <laughs> just Even don't if do we it. don't put our chopsticks in the rice. Even if you don't put your chopsticks in here, that would be even weird. If you're literally sat there with a bento <laughs> eating it with chopsticks on a train, I will. Oh, I will wait, wait. Kill Aren't you. you allowed? Isn't it kind of a tradition to eat uh, bento on the, on shinkansen? the shinkansen? Yeah, yeah. We did yes, that. We did a lot of it's that. It's a tradition, and they have a literally a table for you to eat on. Whereas if you're on the subway or if you're so, on a local JR train and you've got like a fucking bento and you're fucking eating it, I, I, the fact that the train will be packed full of. There's people. just some nuance and some context. Hashtag not all trains uh hashtag oh not all Lord. trains hashtag not all japanese people you can you, you're you're allowed you're allowed to eat food on some of the trains but you're not allowed to stick your chopsticks in all of the rice <laughs> <laughs> Woo! don't yeah don't do that um no i so adapted is a strong word i think i i think fear having to go back to the uk and live because i would be so culturally out of the loop yeah you have that all, i like, would this uh, social muscle memory oh, that has to you readjust. might accidentally bow at people for the first few days oh. i would honestly i'd be like this i'd take i'd take things from somebody in two hands <laughs> and i would be like walking <laughs> backwards grubby little pause and then I turn. that is yeah. so interesting and, but it's just ingrained because you just do it and, and yeah. it doesn't feel weird. Like, you get used to it. I got used to it pretty quick, and I, I like the etiquette. I love how no one talks on the train. I love how you bow with everyone, no matter how weird the, the situation of, is. With with the amount of skeets that have tried to bum cigarettes off me every time I use a bus, I would love nobody talk to me on a bus. It's so nice how quiet the crowded city is, is, but I know if I moved there, I would become incredibly lonely because I do not have that social butterfly quirk that would break so me that's through. The and that's the flip side even if you are a social butterfly like myself quite fairly let's say unless you have the willingness to learn a little bit of the language that barrier is not something you can overcome and i think mental um health amongst foreigners in japan is quite low generally uh, and you'll see there is like this trend on tiktok as well of like teacher like teachers in japan like english teachers in japan who just shit on japan and have problems with japan because they never were able to either make a friend or they were never able to create like a social group and I, in japan it is really hard it's it's not the same as the west like quite honestly 
most Japanese people stay friends with the same people they went to high school with and university with for almost the rest of their life, right? Oh, wow. Or people who they join a company with at 21 and they stay at that company for 10 to 15 to 20 years, they are friends with those people. It's not like our culture where you change jobs all the time. You meet new people. You move to a different town. Like, that maybe happens to Japanese people once. Like, you go from your small town, Inaka countryside, to living in Tokyo or Kyoto. But once you do that, the people you meet, like, that first week, or you meet, they have people that you stay friends with for a long time. People, like, wonder why all these Nintendo developers still work at Nintendo even after they made games like 20 years ago because to them it's a job it's a job they got when they were at university and they stay there until they retire because in Japan that kind of culture still exists so all those guys all those old guys are still friends and now they have families and and whatnot right Japan is kind of this very socio all like it's just very uh traditional right it's still pretty traditional um so a lot of Western people just can't deal with that. So then your other options for socializing is uh, the expat crowd. And they can be and just as clingy and hard to break into as the <laughs> Japanese people themselves. Don't even that. They, like, they are... The ex-what crowd? The, 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 so the, the other like, foreigners. Foreigners, foreigners oh, who live oh, in Japan. Oh, yeah. So they call them expatriates, right? Right. Like that's... Oh, I see, yes. Yeah, so expats in Japan. So, the problem with that, and I have a lot of foreign friends, and I associate myself with foreigners fairly frequently. The problem is, it's so hard to have a career in Japan. I'm very fortunate I have one, because it is so hard to break out of English teaching in Japan, generally, that people come and people leave. That is just it. And the ones... People come for a year, people come for two years, and then they leave. The ones that stay kind of sort of develop an ego around it. That's the other part. Yeah. They become like the guardians, the protectors, the... the um, I've been in Japan ten years, I know everything. Mel I was Gibson the and The Last Group Samurai. Earthquakes. Oh, Lord. Tom Cruise. So, but, but, all okay. these white people. <laughs> <laughs> um... And they become kind of defensive and protective because it is this special little thing. And every, every expat is guilty of it in some way, whether you've corrected someone about some Japanese or you've said, oh, no, I know this great place. Like, I, I, I know the owner. You know, yeah. Oh, my God. Like everyone that, right? knows the owner. Now that I think back on it, everyone really. Well, that does kind of make sense because they're so much smaller and more intimate than Western bars. Yeah, but it's kind of like a rite of passage. Right, right. right. If you, oh, as man. a foreigner, are able to say that you will know a Japanese bar owner, that is, like, hard work. You put in the fucking hard work to get to that point, right? So you go to that bar a lot. Um, but it is kind of like a one-upping. There's always a one-upping. Like, oh, I was here yeah. during the Tohoku earthquake, and I remember I being in Tokyo, and everything was terrible. Like, it's almost it, like and they, they pull these stories. To validate themselves. Yeah. Yes, yeah. because it's, mm. it's their identity. Right, it is a huge part of their identity. It's what makes them interesting as people. And, and oh, you lived in Japan for seven years? That's crazy! It must be amazing. Oh, yes. And, totally and that—that that is a natural human urge to validate your identity yes. and make your existence yeah. meaningful. Yeah. So, so that's the thing. You, I can understand how of, it happens. A lot of the expats are English teachers, and the problem with that is it's not a career. And the guys who stay, or the people who stay to do it, end up being kind of old weird dudes who like teach english which is not a career and they just have a family and they're kind of like 
loses. Like I'm, I'm just throwing it out there, right? For the most part. Well, how, how do you um, define oh. that? Like, uh... it's not a career. It's not a job. Like it is a job, but it's not a job. It 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 can be hard, but it's not a career. You can't progress forward. So it's like you're almost always on holiday, right? You're in this vacation mode, but then it becomes your life. And you're not really doing a proper job, let's say, because English teaching in Japan is kind of this up and down thing. Yeah. Um, many people might disagree with me, but the ALT life and the JET life is not like that. If you go work in a kaiwa or like you actually work for the Board of Education or something, you can build a career, right? And you know Japanese people. Um, yeah, when, when I think of the English teaching in Japan, I think of the JET program. That's what they would always recommend us who are yeah, interested. Yeah, that's not a career because the JET the jet program you can only do it for a maximum of five years and then you have to quit oh so you have to find another job or leave the country oh i i thought you Whereas said it the other way around no uh so if you're an alt and you go through like a dispatch company well you're gonna get paid like two thousand dollars a month which is nothing like you're not gonna be able to afford to live here very long right yeah you can do it for a year and be like i'm how, on a gap year um, woo bro how right? expensive is it to live in japan um, okay, so let's say you get $2,000 and let's say 800 to 900 to 1000 of that is your rent. So I'm assuming these are all American down. numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I got to pretend well, these numbers are bigger than what I'm hearing. Uh, I don't know, because I'm money. British, right? So like, yes, I don't... The Canadian dollar is worth a lot less, so our numbers are way bigger than American. Okay, yeah, so let's say yours is 2500 right? And then yeah. it's like 1000 to $1,200 for your rent. And then you pay your taxes, and then you got to pay city tax, which is like two hundred dollars. And then you pay for your health insurance, and then you pay for your pension. And by that time, you have five hundred dollars left for the rest of the month. What's for a Oh no! <laughs> oh my lord! <laughs> Wait. Did you? I guess it's four hundred one k, four hundred one k, or whatever. I don't fucking know. I'm self-employed. They never gave me that class. So in Japan, you legally have to pay pension. You can't not pay it. Oh, even if you're not employed by like a, a company or anything. Um, depending on your status, yes. Because like yeah. as somebody that just makes YouTube videos, I'm never gonna get one of those. I have but to make my own But you still legally have to pay taxes, right? If you earn a certain yeah, amount. Oh, of course. So it's the same with pension. Okay. Okay. Uh, but as a foreigner, for the first two years, you don't pay city tax, could, which is I great. Get on the phone with the really guy in Luxembourg or. Bermuda, or maybe you could none of that. Work I, I mean, that's the and... other problem, right? If you're an American citizen and you are in Japan, oh, yeah. you're gonna have to pay tax. Yeah, you in get Japan, double tax, and you're gonna have to pay tax in America. Yeah, America's the only country that does that next to Eritrea. <laughs> Any, do you guys know what that is? It's a, it's a no. tiny, tiny sliver of Eritrea. a country in in Africa. That is yeah. known for being the only other country on earth that makes its that expats pay uh, income tax when they yeah. don't live there. It's amazing. Like, think about how much money you'd have if you didn't have to do that. It's insane to me. I can't believe people actually do it. Oh, my God. It's crazy. But Yeah, yeah I don't know how. Yes. I'd, yeah, I'd be lonely and run out of money. That's what would yeah, happen yeah. to me. That just, just sounds so hard to even get by. I mean, it's fun. It I can see fun. how how someone like it's it's a personality type you gotta have. I think if you're socially yeah, awkward, like... <laughs> it might not. It's it's only fun for no. a couple weeks, and even then, has its lonely you... moments. <laughs> for me, it'd be gotta... fun for two days, and I'd want to go home. 
And you gotta admit, like, the people who come to Japan to teach English tend to be socially awkward people <laughs> who yeah. watched anime and thought that Japan would be their savior. Yeah. I just want clean trains that run on time and don't have people yelling at you on them. <laughs> isn't it a, a dope? Isn't it a thing in Japan like people don't even really eat like uh, snacks in the street? Like if you buy a candy bar, you're kind of expected to mm. eat it there and throw it out, and so yeah. that's why there's no litter. I was watching something about you, that. You you keep really packaging in your pockets, and that was a habit that I ended up developing when I got back home. It's it's great oh, actually. My. Just another interesting little behavior quirk you get from Japan. Yeah yeah, keep your tr no, keep cool. a trash pocket handy. <laughs> I do that anyway with bus transfers, but that's just a Nova Scotian skeet loser thing. Well, nobody drives it's... cars here. Everyone uses the bus, so everyone has pockets yeah. full of transfers. I, there, there is a giant overpass of like seven different interstates, all intersecting and on top of each other, right outside my window. So, <laughs> oh my. yeah, yeah, I, I live in the land of the "you need to buy a car to live here" country. Wow, I, I've always lived in the burbs, and everything I need is like bus right away. That does Thank not. God. That does not America. Oh, That's how I, I grew I could up not as well. Imagine yeah. living in a big area. I live in a small town. The only way you can here. get away oh, no. with taking public transit in, in the U.S. is if you're in a the crowded business part of a big city. Yeah. So I got. I grew up in a completely like desolate Welsh village that had nothing, and it was the same. It was like a bus ride to get anything. Yeah. And then I switched to living in Kyoto, Japan, and I would not trade what the convenience and lifestyle I have yeah. in Japan yeah. for anything. That's what I want and I so get bad. Because convenience is great, God. but it doesn't come at the cost of living in a city, because a Japanese city is very, 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 very different to a Western city. I, yeah. It isn't loud, isn't dirty, like I, all of those things that a city gets. Because that's why I could never live in the city. It's like it smells like bus exhaust. There's pigeons and trash <laughs> everywhere. Right. There's just crap all over the place. I literally spent years of my life working on a newspaper trying to advocate for more walkable blocks around where I live, and it, it did not happen. That shit costs yeah. like 15 millions of dollars, and they would rather, rather spend Good that on, on another overpass than than not yeah i i tried i tried guys i swear i hear infrastructure is like not a priority in the u.s i feel like every time i go to the u.s it, i just see awful roads more more frequently than i do here it really shows off i think where the the taxpayers priorities are at like like texas has great roads amazing roads but really shitty public schools no i see <laughs> yes it depends you just what and you see what happens. Or you can go to a state like Mississippi that has really low tax rates and really shitty everything. And <laughs> putting two and two together is something that the but voters really don't want to do. But, but George, I don't take bad taxes. I'm going to take care of myself with all this money I'm going to have. I'll build my own roads. In which case, it's surprisingly easy to get on the phone with the guy in Bermuda and take care of that problem for you. I would not be surprised if I actually could get away with some real ass, like, like tax avoidance, even at my income level, by, by filing an overseas account. I could probably get away with it if I it's scary. seriously tried. It is, it is scary how easy, like, some of these things you hear about are, like, social engineering, like, you hear about Zoomers doing that for fun. Oh, yeah, I read about the, the aliens, uh, last week, um... 
Turns out they declassified what happened at Area 51 in Roswell back in the 1940s. Oh, really? A device for detecting nuclear explosions crashed in the desert and fueled UFO rumors, and the government let them run amok because that is less scary <gasps> than the world being at the brink of a nuclear war. It all makes sense. That makes way more sense than aliens, doesn't it? I told you it? there was that, a logical yeah. conclusion to all of these things. And and but don't listen to old Liam. And <laughs> he's but boring. That's less, but that's less fun. And, it's less fun. And and we might see the government be be outsourcing its debunking labor to the public now. So instead of some super serious general in the military who has this shaky footage and is like, oh, God damn it, what did this kid send me this time? It's now going to be us who has to review the footage and make sure it's not a bomber or whatever. Because yeah, you, you, you mentioned that they changed um, UFO to UAP or something. Oh, yeah. Unexplained aerial phenomenon is the politically correct term now. So is the idea that it, it could potentially not be an object? It could right. be like a... It could be a light show. It could yeah. be the electronics How getting annoying. jammed. Can, yeah. The only thing I'm going to take away from this is UAP and P being phenomenon is annoying as hell. Because well, you would spell, never guess that. If you spell fart with a PH, it could be unidentified ass fart. Well, I, the the conversation around UFOs like has the word phenomenon because they're so often regular phenomenon no, it's just mistaken that phenomen for the the P yeah. in phenomenon oh. is not a P. Oh, because it's silent. So when you, yeah. Oh, so you should be saying like UAF, like the Weird Al Yankovic movie from the eighties. <laughs> Wait, that was. Well, just not call it phenomenon and just be like UAP, unidentified alien podcasters. <laughs> Oh shit! You like, just blew are, our cover. Different countries, so we dun, dun. are all aliens to each other. Twitter. I don't know where you guys are. Thank you for coming, James. But I'm kicking myself <laughs> right now that we didn't get to talk about Umarangi Generation because I was doing some really fun oh, research over the past week about how alien invaders. It's amazing. It's it's it's, it's yeah. an expression of what it's like being colonized, and alien invasion stories are themselves an expression of a colonizer's viewpoint that like sees the extermination of a whole planet as the logical, normal progression of how a, a species makes progress, and and that like turns it on its head because they're getting double colonized, and it's 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 art. I I love how you just see through graffiti the people's reaction to the government's reaction. Like, it's only city fires, it's only kaiju, it's only the end of the world. Well, we'll have an exciting episode next week of that. <laughs> you gotta play the DLC. It's so good. It, it, it directly, I, I, like... I played all of it the last level. So you um, got to see the YouTubers who were in yes, the VR... Yes. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 um, the giraffe guy. Who's crossing his fingers. and. He's basically like, well, if you didn't get smushed by a kite, you're not going to get that bad after all.